Gun Club wasn't getting over on their own. Hang with the acclaim, they get noticed on the show. I'ma beat you in the street, I'ma throw you on the flow. I'ma leave you on the curb, yo, these bitches gotta go, cause it's trash day. Hope you have a bad day, ass boys, me and Anthony, and make your ass pay. Trash day, leave you with a sad face. The acclaim, got it in the bag, ayy. The acclaim, we just taking out the trash. On your Amber Heard, you be paying out the ass. Now I realize why you guys wanna hang with us. Me and Bowens, we just making dudes famous, sir. Ass boys, you already pathetic. Yo, your dad is Billy Gunn, you got genetic genetics. Ayy, y'all are so garbage, y'all are so sickening. Throw you on the mat, and I'm literally littering. Trash day. Hope you have a bad day. Ass boys, me and Anthony, and make your ass pay. Trash day. Leave you with a sad face. The acclaimed. Got it in the back, ayy. Taking out the ass, boys. Got the whole crowd making mad noise. Oh, you didn't know? Trash day. Gun control is looming in the country. I support it if we throw away these two guns, please. Billy, I'ma choke your sons. Yo, you should have shot blanks from your smoking gun. But since the ass, boys, ain't nothing but trash, we got two words for you. Dumpster match. Trash day. Christian Cage, you are the biggest pussy I have ever met in my entire life! Taps are in! Oh, Starks tried to roll, Ooh. but instead... Oh, oh, the We've got a new champion! We've got a new champion! It's time for a hook! Now the winner of this match... Excuse me, Dakota, E.O. Bailey, a shocking surprise tonight at SummerSlam. Why today? Why now? Uh, um, uh, you know, you're just going to have to wait just like we did. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. That's flair. <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Are impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go.
Good Wrestling Day! We are back! And I don't mean just the top of wrestling is back. I mean your champions are here. That's right, reigning and defending. You know it. We keep bringing it every year. It's the three-peat. We'll get into that because you know what we're talking about. But it's Wednesday. It's the top of wrestling. We're here to talk about... We had a very, very busy weekend. We had Ric Flair's last match. We had SummerSlam. It got to be honest, of all the things that you would think would be really good and really bad, both of those two things put together two to three weeks ago, I would have thought that Flair's last match was going to be way better than SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> but we also were talking about uh, AEW. We got Bring, uh, Bring a Table, Monday Night Wars, and this week's top topic, Masked Wrestlers. We'll be uh, discussing some of the greats of uh, all time. And when I also mentioned Monday Night Wars, the biggest loogie in history. Well, I don't know. Actually, you got to see what Montreal Screwdrop brings. But mm-hmm. that's right. It was the main event of SummerSlam 97. And, ooh, it was a doozy. I'm sure you all remember it. And we're going to dive into that. But, ladies and gentlemen, look at When I say we won the championship, like I said, it's a stable. The top of wrestling brought it to the Fantasy League again. Apparently, the league ended this past weekend. That's how fucking quiet it was. I can't wait to hear your take on all this. But he came in third place. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. To be the man, woo! You gotta beat the man. And nobody can beat the top of wrestling. Listen, I was out of second by like 25 points or something. That was with yep. four wrestlers on the shelf. Yep. <laughs> and how bad does it make you mad that we're not doing points anymore? Or not points. I mean, like, the season's over. Adam Cole returns next week. Or tonight. I'm like, of course he does for you. Like, that would have been, like, just right there. Could have been making it. And, and So I don't know when the next one begins. I have no but idea, yeah. As it stands right now, I'm pretty sure I may be having to take Wardlow unless it looks like someone's going to dethrone him anytime soon. Probably I wish I had not. known better to take Moxley with all of his world title the paper championship defenses. Yeah, it's hard to, to foreshadow shit like that, you know? It's hard to deal with injuries. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm wondering how long before they kick us out <laughs> just because they don't want to be embarrassed anymore. So, when I say anticlimactic, it's because Monday morning, no, 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 Sunday morning, after SummerSlam is over, you get a post a Flamingo puts up. Who took second place? Congrats. You learned a thing or two from the boys. Hey, when you want to join the stable, let us know. But (laughs) he or she posts and says final standings, and I'm looking at it, and I go, final standings. And I go, let me go back and look at some other posts. And she's like... Thursday's NXT level up, uh, Rampage. And I go, they never say final sin. Hang on a second. Is the season over? And she goes, yeah, it was pretty quiet uh, during the pay-per-view last night. Well, because everybody knew I was whooping that ass since fucking the the beginning of the day that we started season six. Pretty much. I mean, let's be honest. The 400 banger from Wardlow in one night against kind of helps. Is the only kind of helps. I probably took this. <laughs> <laughs> but I am two years straight, three years for the top of wrestling. I say years, but season. And you know yeah. what? 
I'm so glad that you took the the words out of my mouth. To be the man, you got to beat the man. I thought about doing a promo yesterday, man. I, I thought about it, especially in honor of Ric Flair's last match. So since I didn't do it in a video, let's just do it here. Woo! Just like the dirtiest player in the game, and in the glorious words of ODM, and so it is written, let it be told, the three-peat, as we said it was going to be. We say we do. Hey, we'll kiss every one of your spouses and make them cry. Because we are the winner drafting. Woo! Big points having. At the commish, always laughing. Always wanting more hard to the core. We're probably going straight for four. So let's get down to the point. The top of wrestling is here to roll another joint. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you just go for that sip right there. And I'm like, You're not gonna <laughs> it was good that. timing. <laughs> I almost spit it out. Oh God! Because you love know it. some people just don't. Yeah, well, well, we'll leave that where it is. But man, oh man, I had a good time getting ready to cut a promo, and like I said, it wasn't even video word worthy. And what did I I message you on the thing? I should we just retire? You said, nah, fuck it. Let's just keep embarrassing everybody. <laughs> Let's keep running it. Keep running the table. Yeah, we'll cut another promo on the All intro right. before before the next draft. You know, we'll cut our intro promo. I do have the uh, top of wrestling championship belt still. That paper Obviously. still around. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, man, let's talk real news. So we know that this past Sunday was Ric Flair's last match. This past Saturday was SummerSlam. And the night before that, on Friday night, was the Ric Flair Roast. Look, before we start talking SummerSlam, I feel like I might as well let you know some phenomenal jokes. Did you get a chance to watch either the Roast or Ric Flair's match? No, I had no intention of watching his match. I was just hoping that I wouldn't wake up and see that he died, and he didn't, so that's a good thing. Uh, the Roast I didn't even know about, so I didn't know until you told me about it. Okay, well, well, the Roast was always like on-off, on-off with this StarCast event this past week. Mm. Uh Soraya was there, Paige. She, oh, she yeah. did a, a panel, and so did Johnny Gargano. And it was labeled, what's next? And Motherfucker didn't say where he was going to go or anything, so that was a useless time in the panel. And well, of course he's not. Yeah. But she said it's not AEW. Um, the roast was on Friday night, and for the most part was better than the entire Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view. Now, the Ric Flair's last match, you had Briscoe's versus Von Erichs, good match. You had Motor City Machine Guns against the American Wolves, another really good match. Jordan Grace retains her uh, Impact Championship. Josh Alexander uh, retained against Jacob Fatu. So, good stuff. Battle Royal was in there. But I completely forgot everything as soon as Flair started walking down the aisle. First came out Lethal, then Jarrett, then Andrade, and then Flair. And the moment Flair came out, I go, and let the shit show begin. Yeah. And it's pretty much what everybody was predicting at the roast. Now, I just have some things here that I'm going to get. Some of the great jokes, okay? You're, you're going right. to fucking love some of these. These are for you. Your roast master was Brad Nessler, who is from ESPN. 
Okay. Um, apparently, he fucks little kids because the amount of times that everybody said that he is a, he's basically a pedophile. What the fuck? Over and over. Yeah, it kind of got weird. I, I was like, are we going to talk about this? or All right, fuck it. Now, a lot of people did video packages. The Rock, Gronkowski. Because when I said this is on-off, 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 it's because, take a look, man, the dude was basically canceled. So, mm. gotcha. do you want to put your name next to a whole panel of people out there? Um, all right. Tyler Morrison is a podcaster. This guy had me at Stitches, opened the show. Flair, your liver is so lonely and black, it's like a Virgil merch table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I only wrote down the good ones, by the way. (laughs) He goes, Brian Knobs is here. And he goes, oh, my God, you look like you lost a fight to diabetes. We're going to have to start. He goes, once they can chop your feet off, we're going to have to call you Brian Nubs. Oh, God. Yo, it was fantastic. Oh, man. Then Ty Domi, an NHL legend, got up there. Ty Domi? Ty, yes. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Flair chose these people, by the way. Uh, that's, that to the seems point like that an when, one. I, I know Ty Domi. Ty Domi was a bad motherfucker. Well, everybody made a lot of big head jokes about him because he has a very <laughs> enormous head. And Earl Skakel, he's a, a comedian and podcaster. As soon okay. as he got up, he immediately started roasting Domi's set. And he goes, if I have five minutes to live, I want him to do my set. And he goes, dear God, a head that big, you couldn't even remember one joke? Jesus. It was awesome. <laughs> He was fantastic. <laughs> Paul Walterhauser, who if any of you uh, Cobra Kai fans, he's Stingray. Um, he was in Cruella, b- a bunch of movies. He's a funny comedian. Best line. Flair, you made my childhood great and my adulthood really fucking confusing. Please don't die in the <laughs> ring tonight. Like Mickey did. Mean, mean like Mickey Rorick. And let me tell you, man, uh, while watching his match, there was a lot of Randy the Ram feel to that. It's like, oh, my God, he's going to die. He was barely moving. Tori Wilson, she's uh, she got she goes, I see Megan Flair is here, so basically the only two women in the room who hasn't slept with Flair. <laughs> Went on a bunch of stuff like that. But she goes, I will say this, I've never seen Flair naked, but looking at his neck, I have a pretty good idea what his balls look like. Good job, Tori Wilson. That was actually really good. Aaron Rodgers does a video and gives you the absolute worst woo of all time. It was like a woo. I'm like, if you can't do it, don't do it. You yeah. get what you're trying to do. Earl is making a lot of real fucked up jokes. He's a lot of Vince McMahon references. Like Earl Hebner? NDAs. Uh, uh, no, no, Earl Skakel, this guy. Oh, okay, uh, okay. This comedian I was talking about. Um, but a lot of Vince McMahon references all night, you know, like people getting paid, things like that. Um, he told a joke about Eric Bischoff, who was one of the roasters, and he goes, this is the guy that was all about the Billy and Chuck angle. And you hear, oh, oh. And he goes, guys, I was making 9-11 jokes before the second plane hit the tower. Okay, (laughs) that shit made me lose my mind. I thought that was one of the best jokes (laughs) I've heard. 
And then Flair, you were paid. <laughs> right? That's not a bad joke. And then Flair, you were paid millions and millions by Vince, and you're the only one who didn't have to fuck him. <laughs> um, DDP said that Flair had title reigns that lasted longer than his marriages. Everybody hit on his marriage. You know, like everybody had to. Um... Okay, this is the best one. The Roastmaster. Man, if DDP's teeth were any whiter, Brian Knobs would try to snort him. <laughs> Knobs lost his mind over that one. This other guy gets up. Uh, he goes, I want to make it a quick set because I want to hurry up, get in my car, and get back to the hotel before Jeff Hardy gets on the road. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Only two people have ever kissed Vince or have ever kissed Stephanie in front of Vince. That's you, Eric Bischoff. Well, and the other one's dead. <laughs> Meaning Savage. <laughs> or three people. I'm sorry, three people. I kind of fucked that up. Three people. So Triple H, Ooh. Eric, and then he goes. Yeah, well, I'm not the fucking comedian. I'm retelling jokes here. Uh, Chevy Chase even did a a little quick video or whatever. Uh, but the best one of all was Brian Knobs. And if you need clarification out there, Knobs is the blonde one. Okay, I just in right. case some of you don't know this, he likes a clean car. Brian Knobs. Yeah, he does like a good clean car. <laughs> Brian Knobs looks like. A 70-year-old Florida woman who beat cancer. And then they zoom in. Not only is he laughing his ass off, you see it. You fucking see it. <laughs> it, I, it was just the funny... Or, oh, my God, it was awesome. The, the roast was really, really good. Now, let me just bring it down a notch and talk about Flair's last match. Like I said, the card, pretty decent. Andrade and Jay Lethal, oh, bless them, they they worked their asses off. Jeff Jarrett played a tremendous heel, worked his ass off too. Karen Jarrett even got in Megan Flair's face, and she goes, I'll fucking kill you. Wow. Actually pretty good of Karen Jarrett. It was old school territorial stuff. Shivani and Crockett are on the mic all night, and they oh, wow. have the old school gray uh, TBS looking backdrop behind them uh -huh. from the old Jim Crockett promotion days. It looks so cool, man. And they're even wearing the blazers and everything. Oh, yeah, you gotta love the blazers. <laughs> Flair looked like his heart stopped in the ring. Like he just stopped moving. And like Andrade was supposed to tag him, and he was just laying on the apron. And Andrade had to step over to tag and get him. And then he rolls under the ring and slowly gets up. Do you remember that video of Scott Hall drunk off his fucking ass and they brought yep. him out to an indie show and he tried to spin and do a punch? That was watching Ric Flair give a chop, and I'm not exaggerating. The chops were worse than any chop I have seen in wrestling history. No bullshit. No effort, no push, no slap. Horrible. Of course, we have to bleed. 
You got Undertaker, Mick Foley, and Bret Hart in the fucking I front row. I saw that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And Kid Rock. Yeah. Kid Rock was there. Now, before we transition to start talking a little more Kid Rock, um, man, it was just... It, it, uh, you know, it's funny because even Flair mentions it on the mic at the end. He goes, you know, it, my, it's great to have two of these in your lifetime. Yeah, well, let me tell you, man. You got the titties of send-off. You got the first real big WrestleMania send-off. Like, to me, I thought Flair's was bigger and better than Michael's being sent off. Because the next night on Raw, all that stuff. Flair crying in the ring right. was awesome. Yeah. And then you went on to TNA, did all the shit you did, now you're here. And that was my lasting memory of you. And it sucks. It was an abortion and Lil John messaged me and said apparently Conrad Thompson was the one that actually pushed Flair to do this I said well then he's the reason that we all have to remember that now that was horrible here's the thing man he was too old against when in his match against Michaels he was too old then thank you yeah he's too old in some of the shit we're watching on Nitro <laughs> I was going to say. But for real, it was ridiculous to watch. Hmm. But you know what wasn't ridiculous to watch? SummerSlam. Did you watch SummerSlam? Yeah. Okay, good. So, unfortunately, I, I didn't. To I was no. excited like, to. How, how do you... I wanted to. I Well, well, well I, I ended up having company. I did watch the main event. Okay, so we'll get there in a minute. Let's first just talk about the opening match. I am not going to lie. I was like, ah, fuck me. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, I don't care. And they yeah. made me care. Dude, now did I not just say to you, the Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor women's match was a match of the year for women? Right. Lynch and Belair made it that much better. They really did. Day uh, weeks a day later, or uh, I'm sorry, a week later. And not only do we get that, one of the best pops I've heard in a while. Bailey comes back, looking fucking better than ever. Something about someone coming back in all white, or it's that's just great. But she comes back and she is her. You hear her yelling on the way down the ramp because that's a long ass goddamn ramp by the way it was it took a right turn at albuquerque too yeah and you hear that's right i'm back baby i'm the reason that's right and i did not expect dakota kai to come out next because she was released and i was like okay we are already off and running in the Triple H era. I said it to you. I said, I may actually watch it to see. And you said, I don't know if changes will really take that much of effect that quick. But do you think before Vince left, he's like, and then after the match is over, we're going to have Bailey and, and Dakota Kai and Io Shirai show up, even though we're going to change her name to Io Sky. So, yeah. well, maybe that was planned. <laughs> that may have been Vince's plan. They I even think... changed how you spell Io. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, what I, that, that's a Vince. No, it's E I E I Y O. But 
awesome segment and you think it's at the tip boom <clears throat> Becky Lynch stands up and now you have basically your face turn we probably are gonna get a heel Ronda Rousey versus a face Becky Lynch at Wrestlemania 39 I think that's what we're probably aiming for and I'm absolutely okay with it speaking of Ronda Rousey I was like god damn it it's gonna be the inevitable she's gonna beat my girl Liv and great way to end the match I don't know about you I was happy now reports came out that this match was cut on time do you know what I found fascinating as balls seven different three minute packages about wrestlers Reigns, Charlotte, Lesnar, fucking Kevin Owens, who wasn't even on the show. All these video packages, and you cut that match short. Just saying to me, odd. But I actually don't think that match, you would have wanted to go too much more, because then it wouldn't have been as realistic. I think if she, if Rousey kept beating the piss out of Liv the way she was, and you added more time... What kind of offense was Liv going to get in? You needed her to sneak her way out of that match. And she taps at the exact second that the three count hits. Great way to end the match. Yeah. Adds oh, and, the, and what I want to get back to on the Becky Lynch and uh, Belair match, NXT vibes. The wrestling was NXT I, vibes I, to me. I think now that Triple H is in control of booking, you're going to see the women's division start to take off. And I'm happy with it because they took a major dip in the last couple of years. Yep. I think right as the pandemic hit is when it really went bad because right before that, Rhea Ripley won the title. We were in. We were involved. Bianca Belair, you don't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> so we had good stuff going, but then it went downhill. Yeah. Pat McAfee and Corbin, really, meh. I could have cared less about this match. It was the same of what I thought it was going to be. You know, and McAfee gets the win. The Usos and Street Profits to me. Well, you went back to Private Profits after that one. No. It was... Shouldn't have had Jeff Jarrett as, as the referee because it was just too much Jeff Jarrett. Right. I didn't realize that he double... Or he double uh, headlined a, a weekend. Yeah, now we're in that crazy. Like, I... I I forgot that he was even involved in both things. It didn't even occur to me until, until I was watching the flare match. I'm like, did I just see this guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Usos retained. Um, Riddle came out, calls out Seth Rollins. They fight for about 40 seconds, and then that was that because that match didn't get to happen. Edge returned during the match, like and we all knew it was going to be him basically a brood face version of edge pretty much yeah but right before that uh in the match yo right before that was logan paul and the miz and aj styles comes out to take out champa now man i could get down with a aj styles and tomaso champa feud hell yeah that could be good good things were happening here um logan paul to get the win I think he's already better. Than, I saw a meme today, and I'm going to fucking double down on it. 
Logan Paul is already a better wrestler than Dominic Mysterio. <sighs> Shit, he might be better than The Miz at this point. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people calling for uh, Pat McAfee versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Ooh. Just saying. Another thing I could get down with. Yeah. Two celebrity-type fighters. That'd be good. And talkers, too. Oh, yeah. shit. I'm on board. And McAfee's... Oh, see, and like, also, Logan Paul's way, a... Logan, Logan Paul's a baby face right now just for taking on him and beating him. Everybody's cheering him. Uh, but everybody does the same for McAfee. So you got to turn one of them heel. Honestly, I think it's easier to turn Logan Paul heel. I think he would make the better heel. Because Pat McAfee could still be, like, a tweener, but he'll be, you know, more, you know. Logan was cheered because he was against the Miz. It was because mm-hmm. of who he was against. You put him against anybody else. You put him against Seth Rollins, people are going to cheer Seth Rollins. Which, by the way, that was another part. You want to talk about someone who's really over? Man, I don't think I really understood how over Seth Rollins is. After he started beating down Riddle, he started doing his arms in the air, kind of like you would do for Keith Lee with the Bask in the Glory, right? And right. the crowd immediately is singing Seth Rollins' entrance theme. He's over. Hmm. Get him back into the title picture right away. I don't care if he wins. Get him in there. But now Drew McIntyre is going to be at the Clash at the Castle September 3rd, night before All Out. It's going to be a busy weekend, by the way. And he'll be facing the winner of that last man standing match. So since it's the one you watched, why don't you break down what happened there? <laughs> Roman makes his entrance, you know, pretty standard. Fucking, I'm not a huge fan of Cowboy Brock. I don't, I like face Brock. I don't like the dumb ponytail. I don't like the cowboy hat. I don't like the chuckling. It's grown on me. It's, 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 it's okay. What I really didn't like was the legacy vision that makes you think Vince McMahon and that was Brock out in a front loader to the ring. Now, what I will say is, and I'm not surprised because it was either his or he has one just like it at home, <clears throat> he knew how to work that thing for the most part. Yeah, it was awesome. For the most part. Uh, he got up on top of it, and the announcer uh, started to announce him as the challenger, and he cuts him off, and he introduced himself. He did the Brock Lesnar, nowhere near as good as Heyman. And the best part was, I don't know if you caught this, so he's standing on the front loader, which is elevated way above, you know, five feet above the ring. He throws, when he's done, he throws the mic to Roman. Bro, Roman didn't barely even move. He just opened his hand and caught it. It was so great. Kudos to both men. Yes, that gif went fucking viral. Kudos to both men. That will never happen again. That throw by Lesnar directly to the hand, and Lesnar, like you're saying, just staring at Lesnar and still catching it by barely moving his hand. Oh, my God, that was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. That was probably better than the match. Well, <laughs> so so we'll get into the match. So, early, yeah, obviously, early to the floor. It's the last man standing match. Um, two, a couple table spots early. At one point, he gets uh, Lesnar gets Roman, puts him in the front loader, lifts the bucket up above the ring, and then dumps him into the mat. It was really anticlimactic. It was really stupid. Uh, naturally, to the very, very, very end. But Roman sold it. Yeah. To the very, very end of this match, they milked the, oh, my God, is he going to make it up? Is he going to make it up? There was one point where Lesnar was trying to lift the ring, but he kept getting it, like, wedged, so it was pushing the ring instead of getting under it to where he could lift it. And Cole on commentary, and let me take a... You saw him fix the levers. <laughs> you hear Cole go... 
get out of here, Corey. <laughs> like he was freaking out because the ring's coming at them instead of being lifted up. Um, by the way, a sidetrack. Corey Graves said, I'm sitting in Kid Rock's lap. Yeah. <laughs> sidetrack here. Uh, I think Cole, the problem is Cole's been a, a, a school of the Vince McMahon broadcasting school for so long. I don't think it's going to be hard for him to change a lot of things. But Corey Graves, one point says to him, I don't like that you have an opinion now. Or all of a sudden, I don't like that you have your own opinions now. And he goes, well, a lot of things are going to change around here or something like that. So did you hear that they actually said the word fans? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There you go. Anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, he fucking lifts the ring and Roman rolls out of it. It's hilarious. It had to suck sitting on that side of the crowd, though, because the rest of the match was in that other corner and you wouldn't have been able to see it. (laughs) <laughs> um, you just had to look on the the uh, Titan Tron. But let me say this. If you were front row and you're in that area and where you were at all night, and that's how it ends, okay, yes, it sucks you didn't get to see the last two to three minutes of Uso super kicks and in spear and spear and spear and F5 and spear. However, cool fucking moment. Be glad you were a part of that. That's one of the coolest things. I'd never seen a, a ring lifted in the air like that before yeah it was pretty it was pretty it was worth a laugh for, for sure uh some some great spots at the end Heyman getting f5 through a table i was like oh my god paulie's gonna take a bump <laughs> which was pretty crazy he took a, hard, he took a bump. hard bump like that bitch did i had to do a double take i thought his head hit hard yeah. doing it but it, it, no, you he, know he, he sold it good he was able to kind of protect himself he put his arm over or his arm like right at his head. i was concerned he broke um, a rib or something I started looking into it. I wanted to see how many matches these guys have had. This is now their, that seven. was their seventh yeah. singles. Yeah. yeah, and then as I... Pre- and I'm as sorry. much as everyone can hate on Roman and Lesnar going back, forth, back, forth all the time, no match has ever been technically the same. And they kind of really do up the ante every time. 31, Rollins cashes in. 34, no one wanted Roman to win, so... Lesnar beats the shit out of him until he bleeds after, like, 75 uh, F5s. They do the steel cage finish at uh, Greatest Royal Rumble where uh, I believe it was Roman or Lesnar fell out of the cage first, right? Because they right. drove through the cage. Yep. yep. I mean, so it it ups it every time. The one at, you know, the greatest WrestleMania men event of all time this past year, meh, but... This one right here, I actually didn't mind the match. Maybe it's because those first ones we were trying to push Roman as a face and it wasn't working. In If you had told me in 2022 I would be cheering as hard as I am for fucking Brock Lesnar, especially after, like, the guy taking the title and only doing, like, two appearances a year, now watching what he's doing, I love it. So, it's this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it, was it wasn't bad, yeah. Uh, Theory uh, went to cash in, as I expected. He uh, hits Roman with the briefcase, and then Lesnar just F5s him, and that's that. Luckily, he still has the briefcase, so you can do something with it. Uh, this doesn't make him look too bad, because it's fucking Brock Lesnar. Uh, basically, the end was a flurry. It was a bunch of super kicks, a bunch of spears, hit him with each title belt, um, and then buried him under a pile of rubble and stood on the top of the rubble. Uh, I'm just glad they didn't use the front loader to pin him because I was afraid they were going to do that, right? It wouldn't be a pin, but it would keep him down for the 10 count. I'm glad they didn't do that. 
but yeah, I, I, you know, burying him under the tray. It's like one of these things. Like he keeps getting up, he keeps getting up. Fuck it, I'm gonna hit him again. Put the shit on him. I'll just stand on top of him. And it was a good visual. I have an issue with the ending. You're supposed to once you stop touching the person, the ref can count. When you keep adding things on, you're still doing something to the person, and the ref would technically stop the count. That's actually it's always been that way. That was my only yeah. caveat to that. The only one. But I like the ending. I would have been cool to putting the lift down on him. It's been done in the past where a person can't get up because a big tractor or something like that is holding them down. Yeah. Can't Lesnar can't get out of that. His own tractor. That would have been fucking awesome, actually. Now that I'm thinking about that, that would have wrote itself. Pass. Now couple things i want to talk uh, i want to touch on first you heard the sound in the beginning uh about bailey that was a backstage segment and i love it the best part is she asks bailey you know tell me what why are you guys doing this you're gonna have to wait just like we did and that doesn't say enough about what this stable is all about dakota kai was released bailey's been sitting on the fucking side since before Christmas, I think she was ready to I go think at Christmas time. She, I Everybody think she actually. At Royal I Rumble. think she actually got released. I saw in a story saying that it, they mentioned they said both were released. Yeah, I think she got released. And they like, no, oh no, Shirai. Oh no, 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 Shirai. Yes, but I'm talking about Bailey. Ah, uh, okay. She's been. I'm saying she's been ready to go for quite some time. Oh yeah. But either way, like I, she had to wait. You know, all they both had to wait, and I'm like, ooh, I think it's just. I'm liking where this is going. I'm liking Triple H in charge already. Little things, not great, but big enough. The best part, my most memorable face, uh, favorite part about uh, SummerSlam weekend, Kid Rock upping the ante on Fred Durst at SummerSlam. You remember Fred Durst, SummerSlam. Oh, hey, you're, it's your music? Hey, everybody, haha, <laughs> me and my red hat, and I'm going to flip you guys off, and we're going to fade to black real quick. Well, Kid Rock said, I'm going to take this woman right here, and if you aren't aware who she is, that woman is Trailer Trash Tammy. She's a YouTube sensation. I've seen her, where she's like, where are my cigarettes? I want to get my goddamn bear so I can go out my tractor. She's like, Jim Ross with a blonde mullet and tits. Basically. Oh, okay. And they pull a Sammy Guevara Ty Conti makeout as they're introducing Kid Rock for his song. And then Kid Rock stops, turns, flips off the camera and says, fuck you. Bam to black. That's my man. That's my man. I don't give a shit if you don't like Kid Rock or not. I fucking love it. That was awesome. I got nothing for you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, man, the guy used to be all about porn stars. Now he's about fatties with mullets. Whatever. Uh, okay. All right. Let's get into some AEW, I think. Uh, did you, did you, Christ, did you do anything this week, man? Did you do any fucking work? Did you watch Dynamite? No, I didn't. I've got darts on Wednesdays, God damn it. You know that? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> so, I'm just fucking with you. I'm sure you, you've seen a lot of the yeah. information out there. So, 
the most important one that was the biggest upset. Second pass out in history of the sharpshooter. First, Steve Austin. Now, Brian Danielson as he's unconscious to Daniel Garcia. Garcia beats Danielson in the main event. Did not expect that. Yeah. It was his return match. So we all saw Danielson winning it, right? What? Nope. What does Daniel Garcia... Hager fucks with Danielson. What does Daniel Garcia have on Tony Khan? Like, where's this push coming from? Or, or, what is Tony Khan seeing in Daniel Garcia? I could actually really give him this. Yeah, I'm saying that he's not bad on the bike, and he's not bad in the ring. And Punk and Danielson both requested to work with Garcia. So there's something about him. Yeah. Fair enough. Which, which is why I, I, it's shocking to me how much Tiger hates him. Oh, no, it explains Tiger it. It like explains it completely. Everything. It explains it completely because he's actually talented. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. <clears throat> hey, guess what? The 47th title in AEW oh, is on Jesus the way. Christ. Trios titles, baby. Yeah, but I would have rather that than the title that Pac has right now because Pac is defending it on only Dark. Because the matches are happening in territories all over, which is beautiful. That's cool that Pac's having fun, but I don't watch AEW on YouTube. I don't have that kind of time. But, and at the same time, they announced that tonight, this week, the Undisputed Elite is going to be back. Yep. So you can expect Cole and Red Dragon as a team. Man, I wish Punk would get back in time for FTR. Hell yeah. I mean, if you want to make this a real good trios tournament, make it a good one. Don't just give me... Fuego del Sol in uh, <laughs> Bear Country. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thunder Rosa retained, who cares, over Yamashita. Swerve defeated both Mark Sterling and Tony Nese. So, John Moxley defeated Roosh for his paper championship, but then Jericho comes out and says he wants a match for the interim title. And Moxley said, I'm not the interim champion. I'm the two-time world champion. Correction. Anyway. But he said in two weeks he wants that match. Now I'm going to skip for a second here. On Rampage, Jericho and Wheeler Yuta get into an exchange of words, and Yuta baits Jericho into a match, and Jericho said, if you think you can beat me, if you beat me, you can have the match against Moxley the following week on Dynamite. Good, because I'd actually rather to see I'd 100%. rather see Blackpool Combat Club go at it than Jericho in any match at all. Then the moment of the night. Well, first, oh yeah, Jungle Boy called Christian Cage a pussy. But the moment <laughs> of the night. Like you said to me in a text, I wish we started to really track these a lot earlier, but you're also glad that you said it when you did. We got another turn. Actually, we got two in this week in AEW. Lee Moriarty completely turned on Matt Seidel, his teacher, and now he's full heel. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Ricky Starks defeated Danhausen. As expected. We didn't see that coming. We said, well, obviously Danhausen's going to win. Nope. Stark said, for real this time, I am going to do two fights in one night. Bring out the next challenger. I'll be goddamned if it wasn't Hook's music. Now, Hook normally comes out in black gear. 
dude came out in orange. orange. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, here we go. Man, someone put it best. I don't even know who wrote it, but how awesome is this? Hook comes out in orange and wins his t- the title that his father created while his father's on fucking commentary. Awesome moment. You know, just all together. Crowd loved it. I was happy with it. I'd rather see, because to me, I feel I've already said I was like, Hook should be holding that title. So, Starks gets on the mic. Starts running down some things about how, you know, he should be given more than 40 seconds on mic. Uh, all that stuff. And then we get our another turn as Powerhouse Hobbs murdered him. Turns on Ricky Starks and oh man, we next season we're going to have to start tracking this shit. <clears throat> Did we have a turn of the week? Yeah, if I start doing it on the wall, the walls will fill up in a couple of months. Yeah, that, that clothesline from Hobbs was pretty nasty. Uh, and there was a backstage segment. I don't know if it was on the show, but I, I saw it. It was Taz, you know, talking about Hook winning it. And he's like, yeah, he saw this on the mantle when he was a kid. And he explained how the title came to be. It was a pretty cool moment. That's awesome. It was, it was a, a good pop, a good moment. Way better than last week's show. I'll give you that. Dynamite was a very much better show. It's funny because... Last week was Fighter Fest. This was Fight for the Fallen. I think I got a name for not this week, but the following week as well. They have all these different... I'm like, just fucking dynamite, dynamite man. Yeah. I, I get it. It's nice. It's cool. But just dynamite. Well, it is time to bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to start this week. You know, we... This is the top of wrestling, and I, I, I'm bringing my thoughts to the table here, not just bringing and I like what I've, you know, witnessed this past week or things I've thought about. Um, I'm actually doing something I should have just probably done in a text to you, but I'm gonna do it right now over the air. You know, I think next season we should probably think about how we name the shows because we're naming this one the Top Masked Wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it. It's going to be like a six-minute segment, I'm sure, by the end of it. You know what I mean? And we're talking about wars. We got the uh, all the news and Flair's last match. I'm just saying, I think next season we're going to have to make some changes, as we always do. We try to make the show bigger and better each year. So next season will be season five. ODM will be leaving us with five words that, at that point. And I think we'll just kind of change up the pace as we can. I like it. I like it. I, I think it's one of the most fun moments of recording is – looking back at the, what we just did and being like, oh, well, what do we call the show? Because there's always usually at least a couple lines. The pageantry of bullshit is funny <laughs> because I didn't even realize I said it. I'm sorry, I blacked yeah, out what happened. Last week you're I like, bro, I got the name. We're ready. I wrote it down. I was like, you go, you said this. I go, I did? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. So you're right, man. The show namings are sometimes the best part. That and making the logo. You have no idea how bad I want our logo to be. Kid Rock making out with Trailer Trash Tammy. Hey, man, what are you bringing to the table this week? (laughs) Uh, I'm here to talk about perspective this week. And so it it comes up in a couple ways. One, you know, we get a lot of perspective just by talking about what's happening, modern day, booking, news stories, you know, things like that. And uh, just to be able to have that discussion and bounce things back and forth, it gives the other person perspective, right? 
because you're getting somebody else's point of view. And uh, it's just good. It's always good to have perspective. But it's also about perspective of history. Rewatching the Monday Night Wars, you and I are reliving a lot of the key moments that we're very familiar with. And I've said this before, but being able to have the context of when it actually happened, the context of how it happened, you know, if it was in a specific town or, you know, how it relates to another event with that person. It's just cool to see that. And we're going to talk about that in the Monday Night Wars because there was one of the main events where it's like, I remember this happening. I don't remember it happening at this point and under that circumstance. Or or the fact that you mention, you know, cities where it is, you know, the kid from Liverpool, New York. I'm like, are you yeah, shitting me? Right. I'm like, I got family there. That's awesome. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, but as I was a kid, you know, you didn't think about that kind of stuff. Um and, it, and I 100% agree because the perspective I have now watching it, I have a newfound perspective. But I also can remember what my thoughts were back then. Be like, yeah, I don't, I never saw this thing coming. Or it is really cool to relive it and go through it in the same exact order. I 100% agree with you. Or, or the perspective to understand. Well, that being said, <laughs> it's goddamn black. Goddamn every fucking time. <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Take two. You. Or having the perspective to know that there's a lot of trim on these next three shows we're about to talk about. Like in tail? <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! He's the most flamboyant. But unquestionably, unquestionably the most controversial athlete in all of the World Wrestling Federation, Sean Michael! All you got to do, hock a loogie in the ref's face, and he will hit a chair over your head. Like, I'm still upset about it, okay? I was a Bret Hart fan. I was happy that he won. But, ew. We already know. I have a gag problem, man. Like, I, I just, I see things like that, and it makes me want to throw the fuck up. It's so gross. And, oh, all right, just move on. What happened? What happened to SummerSlam 97? The best loogie there is. The best loogie there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> that may be one of the best fucking follow-up lines you've ever, ever used. Excellent. Good stuff. All right. But, hey, 
That's why we had take three. All right, let's go. <laughs> right, we to get warmed up. SummerSlam 97, Heart and Soul, East Rutherford, the Met- Met- East Rutherford, the Meadowlands, New Jersey, opens up Triple H versus Mankind in a Steel Cage. Gotta love seeing the blue cage. It's nostalgic. I've heard stories from Cornette and others saying it was tough to work in. It was very brutal, but uh, still a classic. Oh, I love looking at it. it it's... Yeah, because that, that shit was really the solid steel. When they say steel cage, yeah, nowadays it's a fence. And you know what? <laughs> you could get yourself thrown up against one of those. Right. It's not that bad. These, when you were thrown against it, you're going to bruise. It's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt really bad. And there, I, all right, you had those giant squares, yeah. right? Yeah. That it was like, like panels. Spots, so you could climb them yeah. easier. Thank you. I don't understand did Foley get his head through one of those squares or did China nail him the fuck head on with that thing with the door? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. I was like, all right, man, great match. I forgot all about that. A, this was the opener and B just how goddamn good it was for their rivalry at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Hundred percent, yeah. Uh, Triple H starts off true heel, goes for the door right away, then goes for the top right away. Uh, China's guarding the door the whole match, as you'd expect. Um, we get a manable claw. Um, I just want to interrupt for half a second. It wouldn't be the it what wouldn't be the recap of the wars if you didn't interrupt. <laughs> so, I just want to say when the bell rang, Triple H dove at the door. That was, I laughed immediately. That's what I'm saying. Like, I like a good heel tactic like that, too. Yeah. Make the cage what it is. The heel wants to get out. That's the whole point. Heel wants to get away from you, and it's finally the good guy's chance to do this. You don't get that in cage matches now. I'm saying, like, this was a tr- So, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. I promise I probably won't do it for the next 10 seconds. Go. Yeah, I think that's fair. Fair estimate. We get a mandible claw. Always we hand. get a mandible claw early. Uh, China gets on the side of the cage and grabs uh, Foley's hair to break it up. Mankind heads to the top of the cage. China blocks him there. Triple H ends up hitting the superplex from the top of the cage. And Triple H does the idiot move where he's about to leave the cage and he says, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go and whip his ass some more. Uh, Triple H gets his leg caught in the rope. Uh, Mankind's going through the door, and China, this is where China slams the door right into his head and uh, then throws the ref into the door to, to incapacitate yeah. him. So, yeah, that, that, that. And he took a great bump. It was, the ref did take a really good bump, but that shot into Mankind's head with the door, that was a nasty one. That was nasty. <laughs> but that's why I asked. I'm like, did did he make his head just get right through one of those? Squares, or did he literally just take one of those bars? Right I to see the head what you're saying. How did he take the bump? I don't remember. I can't imagine. I mean, ultimately, your head's not going to fit through the square, so you're either going to get hit here and here, or just In one here. spot, or yeah, yeah. it's going to hurt one way or another. Who gives yeah, a no, shit? A, a, no one can see what you're here, here, and here is. And B, I got what you're saying, but. Uh, I do want to go back to that one thing you were saying about the superplex off the top of the cage. At first, I was like, oh, man, was that just a botched kind of superplex? But, no, that's just really trying to throw a real, and I don't mean this in a bad way, fat body over the cage, over your body. Triple H throwing mankind over his body to do the superplex. Most superplexes go to the halfway point of the ring. This one went, like, just down in front of the turnbuckle because... She's a big guy. Mm-hmm. 
cool spot though. But th- talk about the ending. Here All we right. go. So let's see. So yeah, Triple H. Uh, so slams his head into the door. Uh, gets a chair, climbs to the top. Uh, China gets a chair, climbs to the top, throws it into the ring. Uh, Triple H goes for a pedigree. Mankind reverses, sends Triple H in the cage, knocking China off and into the guardrail. We get a DDT on the chair. Mankind, cl- Mankind climbs to the top. Uh, China tries to get Triple H up to get him to the door. Mankind's about to hit the floor, takes his mask off, throws it back into the ring, and gets back into the ring. I don't feel like we needed this, but okay, we get it. He wants to go back, and he, you know what he does? He gets his Jimmy Snooker moment, that moment that he's been talking about in all his promos. He didn't do the splash. He dropped an elbow, but he he did his moment. He wanted to be that guy. He did it. But did you notice when he ripped his shirt open? Yes. There's the red heart that was there, but it sweated itself mm. off. During I the didn't match. notice that. No, it was like a smear at this point. Yeah, it, it was. It, he has a red heart painted, so it's kind of part the dude love, which plays into the end. But yeah, hmm. I did not notice that. There you go. So yeah, he gets the elbow drop, gets his moment. He goes to escape again. This time, China goes in the ring and pulls Triple H basically by his hair to the door. But mankind hits the floor first. So mankind has spent. He won the match. He's laying on the floor. He's excited. They play the typical Mankind outro music, you know, the piano that's different from the entrance music. And then they just cut right over to Dude Love, and while he's laying there, like half out of it, he starts tapping his foot and boogieing while he's laying. (laughs) He was like Navin Johnson. He's like, I have a purpose. This music speaks to me. Uh, and he starts he starts shaking hands with the crown. I love it. You're right, because they zoom in. They're on his face, and all of a sudden you see his, his foot, foot tapping. tapping, and they zoom in on the foot only. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, mankind does go almost right to Vlad after that happened. That was cool to see. Get our first Vlad sighting. Good Vlad sighting. We got... Well, actually, uh, he was in the opener. Yeah. So... Next, we get Todd Pettengill, not his first appearance of the night. Introducing the governor along with Monsoon and the Headbangers for some reason. Uh, it's a special presentation. They call her the true people's champion and make her the honorary WWF champion. <laughs> and then she says, I take this championship very seriously and I will defend it. Okay. With a bunch of, first of all, hang on. This was all just a play to get Look Linda it, into politics. I don't mean to. First of all, she looked like Linda. Yeah. Um, I actually thought it was her at first. I was like, it's either Ellen DeGeneres or Linda McMahon. It was kind of a little bit of cross both. <laughs> but, but I need to say this. More wrestling puns than I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And... I think they learned their lesson right here on maybe if they're not a former wrestler or a big actor, we should probably refrain from bringing governors and mayors on to the big stage. Yeah. Because 75% of the crowd booed her the fuck out of the arena. Mm -hmm. I mean, solid, where you couldn't hear a cheer. And when I'm saying her puns, she's like, and we're going to put the body slam down on all the taxes here in New Jersey. And we're going to not submit to, and I was like, this thing is still fucking going. Oh my God. Yeah. It was uncomfortable to watch, but I kept laughing because 
of how hard her own town is just booing the shit out of her on live pay-per-view. Good shit. Yeah, fantastic. Again, it's probably just because... Shout out to you, Nightwing. That was a good shit of that <laughs> night, man. <laughs> Actually, one of two. Oh, and Todd oh, Pettengill was we're, involved we're in both gonna of them. There. We're going to get there. Uh, yeah, we see Tiger Ali sing in the crowd, and then they do a recap of some of the SummerSlam fan festivities. Uh, next, we get Goldust versus Pillman. If Pillman loses, he's going to wear one of Marlena's dresses on Raw. Uh, Pillman came out wearing... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Hey, I, at least I raised my hand this time. Tiger Ali Singh was also there with Jeet Ali Singh or Jeet Singh or whatever right. it was, which is yeah, his father. Yeah, yeah. What, what I want to bring to point is that his father was always a heel, mm-hmm. right? You're from another country. You were heel. They have been presenting Tiger Ali Singh as a face because he won the tournament. Bret Hart endorsed him, but also it was just like a big, like they were trying to make him face and you see him like smiling, taking pictures with a kid. But his father was like waving at things going kind of like the Iron Sheik, the ah, look at this shit around here like that. And I was like, ooh, they're on two totally different pages right now. Because I thought it was great. Just, it was a great pay-per-view. I love this. Keep going. My apologies. Pillman, dress, Uh, gold dust, Marlena. (laughs) Well, today, Pillman's wearing a Marilyn Monroe shirt. Thought that was pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) I think they did like a pre-record with Pillman backstage. He says, I know you're longing longing to have me in your dress, but you're going to have to wine and dine me first. Um, Gold dust apparently went very heavy on the face paint because half of it ended up on Pillman within like the first minute. Like, I saw it first. I'm like, did he get burned or something? I'm like, oh, no, it's just the paint. And then he does the real hard kiss on Pillman at one point and really gets him, like, yeah. loaded with it. And I was like, I said the same thing. I go, uh, if you really look at it, he really went, it's thick in that mm-hmm. area. You can just tell it's it, how thick the paint was yeah. there. But it did the job, and it was I liked it because Pillman reacted real. He kind of reacted like Ahmed Johnson did when Goldust kissed him. Yeah. Oh my God. Maybe less. <laughs> maybe less homophobic of it. Pillman was more like, yeah. God damn it, he just got kissed. Yeah, all right. Uh, Ahmed, different story. That's why he joined uh, the nation. Yeah. All right. Well, that gets fucked up too. Uh, Goldust goes for a sunset flip, and I don't know if they botched it and they just improvised from there or what happened, but he went for the sunset flip, and it ends up in some weird grapple. And uh, Pillman's climbing for the ropes, and uh, Marlena just hits him with the purse. Goldust gets the roll-up for the win. Uh, As they powder, Marlena slides the mannequin with the dress into the ring, and Pillman just destroys the mannequin and rips the dress. You are correct. They It was a slight botch, if you will, but they knew it, and it's two fucking pros in the ring. They figured oh, yeah. it out on the fly and knew how to, to work <clears throat> with it. You also got to remember, the natural Dustin Rhodes had been over in WCW Pillman. This is not their first dance yeah, with each other, definitely. so they knew how to work with each yep. other. Yeah, shit, I didn't yeah, even think awesome. about that. Yeah, good call. Yeah. <clears throat> Next, uh, you know, as much as I love... Uh, Legion of Doom. Uh, I wasn't really thrilled about this. Uh, they had a match, their their blow off match with the Godwins. Godwins are now carrying. You know, now it's not just the shirts that are missing. It's the Confederate flag. Because I mean, if you're gonna do something, fucking do it. I guess, right? 
Um, they got rid of the slot <clears throat> buckets, too. Yep. Uh, yeah, and they had them last week, which is the fucked up thing. Uh, Lou Albano's at ringside for this one. They just The camera just randomly shows him, and he's doing his shtick, and we never see him again. <laughs> at this point, two years away from being the commissioner for life for Heroes of I Wrestling. <laughs> Talk about his perspective. That's one of the things I thought of when I saw him. I'm like, I wonder how far from that. <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you this. Ric Flair's performance is worse than the entire Heroes of Wrestling. That's a bold statement, but I think it would fit perfectly on that card. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did you expect was going to happen in this match? They go for a doomsday device that gets broken up, probably because the Godwins didn't want to take that bump. Uh, Hawk just goes ahead and hits the top rope lariat, uh, and they do the spike pile driver for the win. Big surprise. Yep. Okay. I'm going to do my best to stop and pause and let you chime in. Because I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time on this. We get our presentation of the contest winner. Or winners, I should say. Giveaway time! They got the million dollars in the casket. You have your two winners that hit were announced on the previous Raw, the Go Home Show. Uh, along with Todd Pettengill, Sonny, and Sable. Now, one of them's a kid. So he's with Sable, and Sable's kind of just got her hand on his shoulder, right? The other dude, you know, is probably in his 20s, maybe early 30s. And he was f- just fine with getting up nice and close with Sonny. And I don't think Sonny gave a shit either. How e- how neither of those dudes popped a tent in the middle of that fucking arena is beyond me. Both those chicks were literally touching both them all. Even the little kid, I was like, at your age right now, I'd be like, yo, keep the camera up here, man, up here. It, yeah, it, well, you could tell that it was like they, they were uh, out of their element. Uh, the older dude, uh, the older one picks a key. So I got to, you know, I have to say, I almost feel like your spirit was in the boardroom when they drew up this contest. You know, they're like, we're, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to put a bunch of keys up on a board and we're going to have them pick the key that they want. And if it works, they win. And they're like, all right, how many keys do you want to put up there? I don't know, 10, 15, what, what's, what's good for the odds? You know, if we do 20, it's still there's a good chance they're not going to pick the right key. Some asshole in the back goes, 100! <laughs> I did, and they said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but come on, man, Vince wasn't ready to hand out a million. Yeah, a million yeah. in '97 was a lot. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, the kid, the older dude picks their team. King, King calls him an idiot. Uh, and then somebody in their brilliant foresight said, "For our last two competitors, we're going to call people live on the show." Okay. You know what? I'm not even going to talk. I'm just going to keep... Wait, first, that kid is from fucking Liverpool. That's what I want to yeah. say. Yeah, I is that, ki- that is the kid that's from Liverpool, New York. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I am about to lose my fucking mind and just keep laughing at everything you're about to describe. Keep, keep oh, in mind. God, I was on. trying to keep up with it, so I might have left something out, but we'll go with it, all right? So, what could go wrong with calling somebody live on pay-per-view? All right. First call, no one answers, so they go to the next name on the list. Sonny has, Sonny's holding the list, and it's got people's names, addresses, phone numbers, it's got everything. She shows it to the camera. Where's she holding she it? She shows it to the camera. Hold on. Todd, sa- Todd says, don't show him. And then King chimes in. He goes, no, show him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Naturally, Sunny holds the list right at the bottom of her tits so Todd can get a good view. Todd, Todd's Pettengill's response to that is, hmm, need to get a little bit closer. Yo, he was directly up close <laughs> with both ladies. I'm just going to say that Todd didn't have a bad job in 97. No, <laughs> it fit with the times, that's for sure. The second number they call is disconnected. <laughs> yeah, I laughed so fucking hard. I'm sorry. The whole crowd. It was great because has been disconnected. The whole crowd goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't tell if some of this was half fake, half real. Because oh, yeah. they gave the house away in, in 95 to a friend of Vince McMahon's, right? right? Or it was like fucking dentist or some shit. But wait until we hear the rest of this. Go on, because I feel like they couldn't make this shit up. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is a work to some degree. Um, So, yeah, on to call number three. Vince is laughing at the madness the whole time. We finally get an answer. Uh, He goes, are you you watching SummerSlam now? No, my cable company doesn't carry it. (laughs) (laughs) No, hang on. You didn't even buy the fucking pay-per-view, bro? this bill? Yeah, it's... That's well. Well, that's why. That's why it was funny because at first I go, "Is this?" I'm just improvising the name. Yeah, this is Bill. Bill, this is Todd Pengill with the World Wrestling Federation. Are you watching SummerSlam? No, no, I'm not. And here again. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And and he goes, "Why not?" And he goes, "My cable company doesn't provide it." And I'm like, "That's fine." It was, but. The whole build, the setup, everything. Bro, I was in tears 25 years later still laughing at this. This is awesome. This was better than every match that has come before this besides the cage match. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking... And we're not even done yet. So he picks his key, so Sonny tries it, and it doesn't work. All right, so they call the next person, and it's Sable's turn to be slutty this time. Call gets answered on the first try. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you mean hold the paper, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, they pick. Doesn't work. Uh, Ryan, I don't know which one Ryan is, but uh, he does his key. No dice. Sable gives him a hug. Uh, Ryan was the little kid, actually, because Sable gives him a hug. And Pattengale says, you may not know it yet, but that's better than $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Todd. Todd, you are becoming the mean gene tonight, my man. Well, anyway, they tried the last key. That doesn't work either. It was key number three because they announced it, and they actually have to show you that it was key number three. All of that for nothing. But, I mean, we got to see Sonny for a bit, so it's not all bad. But they did. They, they, they brought a guy up to make sure they're like, I was the one that made sure it was this key. Go ahead, it's number three. Transparency. Because if, if they had Transparency. Chosen. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm cool yeah. with that. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's funny because they open it up and you see Sable just rubbing her hands all across the million. I'm like, you're going to have that no matter what. <laughs> you want to see a million dollars the hard way? <laughs> have you ladies ever seen a crisp $50 bill? I like bullfighting on acid. 
Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's let's keep this train going. Wait, I got to back up. I got to tell you something. Wait, wait. This has zero to do with wrestling, but tiny a bit to do with our podcast. So, during the Jazz Fest a couple of weeks ago, the there was a major, like, tornado that, like, had come through around the area on that, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, and we had a really, really bad rainstorm that came down. And what I'm telling you, it was, like, you needed half a second to be out there and you looked like you were in a fucking bath. Like, just that bad. We all had walkie-talkies, the ones who were in charge. And I go, I don't think the hard stuff's coming down for a while. (laughs) And the HR lady goes, wait, are you serious? And I hear other guys go, oh, my God, that was awesome. Great reference. But she goes, wait, are you serious? I'm like, oh, she's a caddyshack. So. If she would have right, responded, but I thought you'd appreciate. Yeah, that. if she responded with rat farts, then you would have known she was cool. <clears throat> rat farts, excellent. <laughs> Double turn. So, All right. <laughs> so we get a recap of Shamrock and the Bulldog feud. Uh, that match is coming up next. I- I'm calling it a dog food match, even though it was for the European title. I think technically they kind of buried that fact, but uh, hot start. Shamrock goes right after Bulldog. Uh, Shamrock gets a busted lip pretty early on. Uh, I didn't know if Shamrock was wearing special trunks or if he just had a wedgie on the outer set of trunks that he was wearing. Oh, my God, bro. I'm like, yo, the black is showing on the red, man. I can see your black tidy whiteies or whatever it is. Pull the, the trunks. It was bothering me for some weird reason. Um, it's funny that you mentioned, though, it's more about the dog food than it is about the fucking European title. And you can almost guarantee the title change is not happening because before the match even starts, they go... One night only in England, it's going to be triple, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, British Bulldog defending the European Championship against Shawn Michaels, right as Bulldog is coming to the fucking ring. And I'm like, well, thanks for giving away the end of this match here. Like, you couldn't have waited a segment until showing us that. But yeah, so it was already the writing on the wall. Um, But one of the very first times we're about to see one of many shamrock freak out <laughs> well you fucking nailed it there uh they get they go to the floor bulldog gets a handful of dog food out of the can and slaps shamrock with it and that's apparently fucking shamrock's trigger because he turned into the shamrock that the <laughs> he hits bulldog with the can of dog food and gets dq'd just continues to beat him down gets a sleeper on like a rear naked choke and has it on for a minute, minute and a half. Uh, three refs, the bell's ringing. Four refs and officials, nobody. What really got me was nobody from the Heart Foundation came out. The fuck? Wow, wow, wow. That never occurred to me during that. Maybe it was because it was just... You know why? Maybe they wanted to have him be dominant here because... Now that Bulldog's not fighting, let's throw a couple of referees. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Shamrock ends up hitting a belly-to-belly on Patterson, Briscoe, and the refs. And does the trademark scream that I just mimicked. Uh, Yeah, it's our first real glimpse. We saw a brief one a couple weeks ago, I think it was. But, yeah, this was him just... And the thing is, when he got slapped with that dog food, they replayed it. He he just got that crazy look in his eyes. And it was like, oh, shit. Do you think that was regular, like, meat 
or do you think it was real dog food? Oh, it was real dog food. Because I'm only asking... Oh, that is gross. Yeah, I'm not talking about your gag reflex. Fuck, that was yeah, gross. right? God damn, they are just trying to hurt me on this <laughs> night. All right. All right, we get uh, Todd Pettengill backstage with Shawn Michaels. Um, says, will you put your career on the line just to get even with Brett? And he says, there's nothing between us. I'm here to be an unpar- impartial, unbiased, and fair ref. Next, we move on to Bariqua's verse, Disciples of Apocalypse. We get a little recap before that match. Uh, Nation comes through the crowd to ringside. Chains attacks Farouk on the floor, hits a pile driver on Chains. Vega rolls Chains into the ring, and they get the pin. There's a brawl, and yeah. Outstanding stuff. Anything to add? Yeah, no, I, I definitely gave it five stars out of zero. Yep, that sounds about right to me. Owen versus Austin for the IC title next. As usual, we get a recap before that one. Uh, Pettengill is trying to interview Austin on the way to the entrance. He says, you're fixing to get your ass kicked if you don't get on my face, you little piece of shit. <laughs> Trash. He didn't say shit, but um, love it. Austin gets into the ring, flips Owen off immediately. Owen jumps him. Um, I, I really don't like this match. Not because it wasn't good, just because I know how it ends and I don't like it. And don't work yourself into it. It's an inevitable thing. I can't even tell you anything about that match other than the ending. And I rewatched it again. Yeah. And I can't even tell you it's a solid match, a good intercontinental title match. It's just you're like, uh, is it happening after this next move here? Like you're just right. Yeah, I was waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, the one thing that I really uh, did like was uh, Owen at one point does the finger manipulation like Pete Dunn. Well, I mean, I guess Pete Dunn got it from Owen because I've never seen it before then. I... Who's Pete Dunn? I only know Butch. <laughs> That's what I actually I did write that. <laughs> I did write that in my notes. I just didn't get Jeez, there. Jeez, <laughs> did you really write Butch? <laughs> actually, fuck you for even writing that. No, I was making a joke. I, you wrote I, it no, down. No, I wrote. I wrote. That's ink to paper, Dick. I wrote. No, we're done. I mean, Butch gets it. That's what I wrote. So, okay. And I don't care what you think anyway. Uh, yeah, so, listen. Uh, yeah, so Austin, Owen got his feet on the ropes for leverage on a hold, uh, got caught. Austin takes advantage, throws him into the rope, picks him up for a tombstone. Owen reverses it, and you know the bump. It's, it's Austin's head getting driven right into the mat. Um, Owen... Uh, he's super professional. He knew something was wrong. He immediately looked down and said, fuck. And he talked to the ref and he just, you know, tried to talk to the ref so the ref could hold him back. Um, it was really uncomfortable uh, because you could see Austin trying to move his arms and he couldn't. I mean, he did, but I mean, it just, you could tell it was a struggle to move his arms. Uh, Owen's buying time. He's telling comment. And Owen was still able to muster up somehow to the crowd. And now he's going to kiss my yep. ass. Yep. Yep. You could tell he is shooken up as shit looking at him. Yep. Uh, you know, and uh, Hebner keeps Owen away. And Austin, you know, again, we know what it is. He crawls over for the weakest roll-up in history. Owen just went with it. Well, what are you going to do? You know, Owen even tried to get on his feet. And you got to give Owen some shit or uh, some credit because... Even after the match, he just wanted to get on his feet. He just wanted to get on his feet. That's it. He wanted to hold that belt up. Uh, It took three refs to help him. Um, He made sure he did get to his feet on his own at one point with the title, held it up, immediately threw it down on the mat and rolled out of the ring. Um, 
King, after the match, goes, I want to see that pile driver again. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, there's heat, and then there's, like, bro. Um, look, at, I brought this right. up to you off air. That Martha Hart, recently I read in an interview, said that days before the pay-per-view, Owen said to her, I have this feeling that Steve Austin, Steve, is going to fake an injury. Saying that I hurt him when I really didn't. She brought this up recently in an interview. And I'm like, this is the very ever, ever first time I've heard that story in now 25 years. I've heard stories that Owen didn't go to the hospital or Owen didn't call Steve. I've heard that. But I've never, ever to this day ever heard that Austin faked the injury. Yeah. I'm not saying one is right to the other. Man, there's three sides to every story. But let me say this, much like you said to me off the air, I watched it. I seen it. I watched the dude's neck look like a fucking uh, accordion. It was one of the most horrible things I remember watching live at my buddy's house. All of us, no bullshit, dead silent. None of us were talking easily for about 30 seconds. For like 13 and 14-year-olds, that's because we're like, something's not right. This isn't This isn't the scripted part, man. Like, it got real silent. I remember there was like fucking 10 of us in there. I remember because everybody's like, yo, he's hurt. And no one said a word. And that's, again, you know, for side conversations, this, that. It was a real moment. And when they kept, they showed it. And it's, yeah, it was bad, man. I, oh, that was rough. Yeah, not cool to relive uh, that. But definitely shortened his career, uh, but still one of the best runs ever for a wrestler, you know? So, well, we'll go to them. Which is funny because are you everybody, I, I got to say this. This is maybe a topic for another day, but to say Steve could be his, uh, one of the best of all time, people will say, you know, one of the best runs ever. It was really only like mid-97 to, well, 2002, because then he said, I, I'm not jobbing to Brock. Yeah. And even when he came back, all that bullshit and did one more thing with Brock. This is a four-year run, four- or five-year run is really all you ever but had. But it was impactful. Still considered the biggest of all time. Yeah, it, it was impactful. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, it really did. But, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll find out I'm wrong when I watch each week. I know each pop gets bigger and bigger each time when he comes out, man, but I'm just saying that maybe this will make me have a better appreciation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think once McMahon and the Rock start getting worked in, that's just when it hits the apex, you know what I mean? Doesn't get any bigger than that. True. So, all right, main event. A couple months away. man. Yeah, I know, right? It's fucking weird to think about it that way. Uh, we get Brett versus Taker in the main event for the WWF World title. Brett, uh, obviously, again, he's still going with it. Stand back, fans, and listen to the Canadian anthem. I saw a sign that said Canucks suck. I had to pop for that one. Yeah, it was good. Yep. Michaels gets introduced next as the ref. Uh, he checks both Brett and Taker for foreign objects. Uh, at one point, Brett pulls a Tyson and bites Taker to break a bear hug. Uh, Brett works the leg, obviously, as he would. He locks in the figure four on the... He's got the figure four on in the ring. Bearer heads to the ring at one point. Taker's able to reverse, gets out. 
goes after Barrett, clocks him. It gives Brett another chance to go after the knee. Uh, officials actually come to the ring to get Paul Bearer out of there. We get our figure four on the ring post spot. Shawn Michaels gives him the five count. They argue on the floor for a little bit. Pillman and Owen head to the ring. Shawn Michaels stops Brett from going for the figure four on the post again. Uh, Taker ends up going after Pillman and Owen. Shawn Michaels shoves them to the back. Taker hits a choke slam, but Shawn Michaels is tied up. Doesn't realize that the pin's on, so Taker, obviously a little bit uh, pissed off. Brett hits a roll-up for two. Uh, let's see, we get some more spots on here. Uh, Brett hits a superplex at one point, gets the sharpshooter on. Uh, Taker powers out of the sharpshooter, sending Brett through the ropes to the floor. That was fucking dope. That was fucking dope. That was awesome. <clears throat> I mean, you know. Heading right towards the entrance ramp. Yep. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I've never seen that before. Uh, I think it's again you wanna you wanna get the point across that this dude is damn near indestructible, and he's he is that good. That no fuck that I will send you through the ropes. It was amazing. I loved it. Popped. Uh, okay, so here we go. Let's get to the finish. Brett grabs a chair, hits a headshot on Taker, and he's yelling at Shawn Michaels to get back in the ring. Taker kicks out at two. Again, badass. Chair shot, fuck you. I'm still kicking out. Brett and Shawn Michaels start arguing. Shawn sees the chair, calls Brett out. And the best loogie there ever was. (laughs) (laughs) And he just spits right at Shawn Michaels. And Shawn's like, yeah, fuck that. Takes the chair, swings at Brett. Brett ducks, hits Taker. We all know the spot. And the best part, I think Shawn Michaels sold it brilliantly. The look on his face where he's like, fuck, throws down the chair, makes the three count, and just rolls out in powders because he knew he fucked up. But it wasn't even just he made the three count, man. Each fucking tap. He went. He had to put his body almost nearly out of the ring because that's where Taker was, kind of in the corner there where the, right. the, the chair shot hit. Yep. He went, one, look up at Brett. Two, look up at Brett, motherfucker. Three, look back up and then roll right out yeah. of the ring. Being like... Because if I don't, I can't wrestle in the U.S. anymore either, you know? And it's like, it was each tap, look at him, well fucking played. The whole thing, what's great is that the ending is probably the most memorable part. Mm. But the match was awesome. Yeah, the match was really good. The whole match that's, was really good. That's the thing, I had a yeah. bunch of notes and I, I stopped reading them because I'm like, I, it's going to take me another five minutes just to read all the match notes. <laughs> it was, it was a great match. Yep. So, and we go off the air with <laughs> Triple H, or gee, why do I keep saying Triple H? That's so weird. That's fine. Well, we'll find out. Anyway, Shawn Michaels goes running up the the aisleway, and Undertaker is now following yep. after him. Yep. And Brett celebrates in the ring, and Foundation comes out, but not Anvil. No Anvil. I didn't even notice that. Also... Nobody ever notices an anvil. Yeah, but also pay attention, man. Dude, most distraught possible Owen Hart you could have is in the ring. I'm like, God damn, that dude is like, oh, I got to go back out there and act like I'm happy for my brother right now. Oh, my God. I paid attention to that part. But anvil is gone, and if I'm not mistaken, let me ask you, was he at Raw? Uh, Good question. I don't remember seeing him. 
there is a possibility, I think, for a little bit, he was either taken off TV or suspended. Something went wrong, and that's why they got rid of him for a little bit. Oh. Uh, and then he comes back right before Survivor Series. If I'm not mistaken, this might be the time, but I want to make sure I brought that up now. But, hey, perfect segue. What happened on Monday Night Raw? All right, speaking of Raw, we open up with Hart Foundation in the ring with JR. JR calls it one of the most controversial title matches ever, accuses him of antagonizing HBK. Brett says, I stuck by my word, WWE isn't. If HBK showed favoritism, he'd never wrestle in the U.S. again. Uh, I don't want, I want him out of WWE. I want him out of American Wrestler. I want to stick to the letter of the law. Uh, they owe it to me to stand by their word. Uh, they mentioned Brett's got a match against the Patriot at Ground Zero. It's uh, the next In Your House event. Uh, talks about his win being a fluke uh, because it was outside interference from HBK. And he puts Bulldog over for winning against Shamrock. It was a DQ, but that's what a heel does. Puts him over anyway. <clears throat> Pillman, the Hart Foundation, we don't wear dresses. There's a new sheriff in town. What happened to Owen was another classic ex- example of American justice. Owen says he beat himself. He showed compassion. I made Austin a crippled freak and ended his career. Okay. <laughs> We're going there. Okay, so never mind what I saw 24 hours ago at <laughs> SummerSlam. He got over it. Uh, says, Austin, forfeit the belt and give it back or come out here and face me. At this point, JR says, well, we're going to introduce our new commissioner, Sergeant Slaughter. Do you know the best thing about this is they're bringing him in to deal with the Heart Foundation, and he ends up having his biggest stick with Sean and Hunter. Which makes you wonder, you know, when Brett had to take off, or not had to take off, I'm sorry. Left. Screw job. <laughs> um, did, what was a lot of the stuff supposed to be with Heart Foundation? Not, you know, the antics, but right. like a lot of the reason he was there. Yeah, he came, chin and all. Yeah, it was it was interesting again because it, it it really is such a small part again perspective, but uh, it was it was cool to see. I, I kind of popped for that one. So yeah, so uh, it's funny too. They played him out to uh, your favorite song, the WrestleMania song, which was fucking great. Oh, oh. <laughs> Slaughter for the life of him can't figure out how to stand facing the hard cam. Jr. keeps trying to direct him, and he just moves in the wrong place every time the cameraman finally just fucking moves that's in the ring um tells brett you're because slaughter's used to the days of we'll fix it in editing <laughs> yeah, right uh tells brett hey you're not the new sheriff in town i am first decision is you're going to defend your title at ground zero against the patriot um and brett goes who the hell did he ever beat to get a title shot he goes you he's not wrong you know Good moment. It was. It was. It, it, no, I was like, good line. Yeah, you. Oh shit. <laughs> ah, fuck. Uh, Bulldog's gonna have another match with Shamrock for the European title, and Pillman will live up to his agreement and wear a dress tonight or be suspended. Owen will have a rematch with Austin when the doctor gives his approval and when Stone Cold says so. Glass breaks. Vince is on commentary. You don't hear Vince. The pop was so big you couldn't hear Vince. It was amazing. It's the first, first big one. Made him quadruple as over as he already was. Yep, absolutely. So, 
No, that was great, though. Uh, Stone Cold says so right now. The fact that you dropped me on my head last night don't mean nothing. There you go. Uh, we get Farouk and the Nation backstage, and basically it's it's Farouk cutting his typical promo. He says you can take a man off the streets, but you can't take the streets out of the man. I'm that man. And then it goes to Ahmed, who says the same thing. He just says hood instead of streets. <laughs> and then they pan to the person in the crowd, Ahmed, I can't understand you. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, next we get Shamrock, Shamrock versus Kamo. We get the recap of the rampage from SummerSlam. Uh, Slaughter comes out, sends Nation to the back. All right, new sheriffs are already doing stuff. Uh, what I really liked about this was it started very briefly, maybe 30 seconds, as a shoot fight. Uh, I mean, not unusual for Shamrock. Not something I would expect out of Kama. Uh, and I, he threw some really nice kicks. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, a couple of guys from Los Barricos come out, beat down Kama, while the rest distract, and Shamrock gets the win. Short and sweet. Next, uh, probably moment of the night, uh, Brock is promo. Coming soon. Uh, moment of the night. <laughs> Uh, Sonny's our guest ring announcer for our light heavyweight division match, Taka Michinoku versus Brian Christopher. At one point, Christopher does kung fu poses and laughs. Um, yeah, it was, it was a quick reversal by Michinoku for the win. King gets upset, leaves. Racist. What? Yeah, racist. <laughs> I go, racist. Whoa. <laughs> We can take that out in post, right? <laughs> no, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> All right, please move on before we, I go down. <laughs> we see. Yeah, else. please don't. Sergeant Slaughter's backstage with uh, Brian Pillman saying, well, hey, I'm not going to wear the dress. He says, you're going to put it on wear it every week until you beat somebody or be suspended. So now there's an added stipulation to wearing the dress. It's going to be a long-term thing. Uh, I get Triple H versus Vader. Uh, Paul Bearer's backstage cuts a promo on China. Uh, at one point, Bearer trips, trips, tri- trips Triple H. And China just fucking boots Paul Bearer to the ground. She just comes launching with a boot and sends him down. It's a double count out. Hooray. <laughs> we got to see China kick the shit out of fucking Paul Bearer, literally. Next, a match that I don't know why we haven't gotten it yet. Why is it taking so long? The Sultan versus the Patriot. I mean, that shit writes itself. There was a pre-tape backstage interview with the Patriot, and basically the way I could sum it up is Murica. Murica. But they're both in the ring holding their flags, and naturally Sultan attacks Patriot with the flag. Uh, Patriot won with some weird... It was almost like an Uranagi, but like a, he like he went to hold him for a dragon suplex and then just hit an Uranagi. It was weird. I don't know. Heart Foundation comes to the ring. It was great. It was Bulldog. That movie's not even American. Was, <laughs> Bulldog, Owen, and Brett. Slaughter stops Owen and Bulldog, sends them to the back. Brett turns around and realizes they're not there, and the Patriot just jumps them, and it's a pull apart. So. We get, uh, I think, what I think I would say is the high moment of the night for Raw. 
We get Vince in ring and calls Shawn Michaels down. Uh, and Vince wasn't uh, almost like he had a lover's quarrel with Shawn. Uh, he wasn't as energetic as he normally is when introducing Shawn Michaels. Uh, there's a woman uh, with a Kiss Me Shawn sign. She actually got her wish. Shawn was walking, saw it, and was like, oh, here, here you go. Um, you realize you kissed every woman in the back, right, lady? <laughs> you realize you just got a mouthful of scrambled eggs? Butterfinger soup? Yeah, there there were a ton. <laughs> there were a ton of booze. I'm out for the next minute. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of booze. Uh, Sean is making really sarcastic faces at Vince. Uh, he's just being like a petulant child. Sean says, "So Taker, Vince, Brett, WWF fans are putting this all in my lap. This is he tells Vince to shut up." couple times um just like everybody not taking responsibility says i did a great job officiating vince actually agreed and then vince asked the dumbest question and i don't know why did anybody really think this back then he says are you in cahoots with brett a lot of people are wondering well probably more because he Hit him with the chair, you know. It was kind of like it, it's there. Hit take her with the chair, you know. It's it's an obvious question to ask in a storyline setting. Well, I think Shawn Michaels' answer is perfect. I don't think anybody ever would have thought they are, but I think he had to at least put it to rest there after the pay per view. Yeah, I didn't look at it from that uh, perspective. I, I did like Shawn's answer. It was, "I always knew you were a Nimrod. Now you convince me you're the dumbest son of a bitch I've ever met in my life." <laughs> Vince, exactly. and Vince goes. See? So there you go. There's the answer to that question. Vince, I don't appreciate that, and he just leaves. So Sean is going to be facing Taker, uh, I believe, at in your house. Brett doesn't like me, but Brett Hart needs ground me. Ground zero. Yep, ground zero. Brett doesn't like me. Brett Hart needs me. I'm the only man in WWF that has beat his ass. He says him and Taker have never crossed paths until now, which is cool. Sean turns on a fan and almost dropped an F-bomb. Gong hits. The lights go out. We see Taker come to the ring. The lights come on. Shawn Michaels is gone and Vince is back in the ring. <laughs> just weird. Um, he's been doing too much talking lately. It's time to get back doing what he does best. That's taking souls and making people rest in peace. Calls out Shawn Michaels. And then Bearer chimes in and, yeah, you're the murderer. You killed your parents. <laughs> and oh yeah that's up too murderer okay. next segment. murderer next we get ahmed versus chains uh i don't really want to talk about this during the match they uh <laughs> well so, there was a lot of sergeant slaughter during this match so i'll talk about that he slaughters backstage with the doctor asking for an update on austin says he had spinal shock syndrome recommends that he doesn't wrestle especially tonight uh, Slaughter back to the ring again, tells all the non-participants to get to the back. I, I like the consistency there. Let's see if it keeps up. Uh, Savio causes a distraction by starting up Chains' bike and distracting him. Um, man, Slaughter's really nailing it tonight. That or he just really likes Puerto Ricans. I don't know. Disciples of Apocalypse chase off Savio. Yeah. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> The nation heads back to the ring. They hold off the Disciples of Apocalypse. And then 
they turn on Ahmed. Okay, I didn't. Okay. Yep. As quick. That, as that was that was that was almost Jungle Boy level or a uh, Dino douche level. Right. Yeah. Lu- Dino douche. That's a cornet. That's not mine. But I've I've, I've clarified it. Oh, I know. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there was that. That happened for some reason. Um. Godwins versus headbangers. Godwins win. Good of a time as any to take a shit during that one. Hey, speaking of, <laughs> I'm going to go take a piss. Keep Monday Night Wars going. <laughs> and in a first ever, a bathroom break is openly called. Gold Dust and Marlena come to the ring. Marlena grabs a sign from a fan that says, Mrs. Pillman at Gold Dust Production. Uh, they have front row seats, and they ju- they're just there. They want to see him in the dress. So naturally, we get Brian Pillman versus Bob Holly next. Uh, Brian Pillman peeks through the curtains, doesn't want to come out. Well, Slaughter just picks him up and carries him out to the ramp anyway. Um, Bob Holly pulls up the dress at one point, and I figured, you know, he'd probably just have wrestling trunks on underneath. No, that would make too much sense. <laughs> Sorry about that. Wow. That was awkward. Almost as awkward as Bob Holly pulling up Pillman's dress so you could see the jockstrap he was wearing. Pillman faces off with Marlene and Goldust on the front row. He gets counted out, which means he's going to have to wrestle in a dress next week, too. What a fun way for such a fun storyline to continue. Bret Hart invites himself out to commentary. Slaughter says he's going to keep an eye on him. We get our main event. Austin can't compete, so we're going to get Dude Love versus Owen. Uh, we get a nice close-up of Dude Love's rando groupies in the front row. Uh, cameraman was very selective with his zoom-in. Austin's watching a monitor in the back. Slaughter gets distracted by Bulldog at one point, so Brett runs Dude into the post. Owen locks in the sharpshooter. Uh, Austin does come to the ring, blows by Slaughter, starts jawing with Brett. Uh, in the scuffle, Austin's able to take one of the slammies and clock Owen with it. Dude Love gets the win. Owen got boast busted open. Um, you know, he didn't have blood dripping down his head, but Brett was checking him out, and you can see the blonde hair was stained on one side of the head. Yep. And then one of the groupies just jumps in and straddles Dude Love and has to pull down her dress. Wow, what a weird way to come back. I swear to God, that was the first thing I heard. Yeah. And a groupie just pulls down her dress. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, different ending than usual. I'll give it All that. All right, back up. What did I miss? I'm just kidding. You'll have to listen and find out. <laughs> Next, we get Nitro in Detroit, Michigan. Buffer kicks it off. It's their 100th episode, and it's three hours long. Here are the Nitro girls. I didn't realize this was three hours long, so yeah, that that made the total count, what, close to six hours of wrestling? Well, was it? You didn't watch Dynamite, you didn't watch SummerSlam, you didn't watch Ric Flair's match. Hey, I I will fucking murder you. Hogan and Bischoff open up the show. (laughs) Hey, man, guess what? Only a couple of weeks left, man. A couple of weeks. I know, right? Then I'll probably be watching every week. We won't have anything to say about it. Uh, it's amazing how much promo time Hogan gets and how little he says. It really is. It's got to be an art. And probably how much he gets paid. Oh, no, absolutely. He cuts a promo on Luger for life. 
The best part is, is that, you know, he finishes the promo, or seemingly finishes the promo. The music starts playing. He's like, Jimmy, Jimmy, no, stop the music, Jimmy. He's actually calling out to Jimmy. So, and then he starts saying something about Hall being the number one contender and he should get the title. He asked the music to stop so he could start another promo that went nowhere. Okay, fine. It was crucial. It was terrible. Solid opener. Yep. Uh, so was the next match, Mortis versus... Can't wait to see where it goes from Kurt there. Hennig, and we actually got to see Hennig wrestle a little bit this time, so that was nice. He gets the win. Uh, next, we get a Sting video package tonight. J.J. Dillon's going to make an offer to him to come back to the ring. It's been 12 months since he's wrestled. Next, we get the Chavo and Hector show. The Guerreros taking on Jeff Jarrett and Dean Malenko. Malenko wins with a relief. A lot of the matches like this on... Tonight's Nitro, especially since it was three hours, so get used to it. <clears throat> we get Gene ringside with Raven. Stevie Richards shows up again. Gene says, coming out of left field again, pal. You know, anytime there's a line with pal in it. Wash, rinse, repeat. Repeat, repeat yeah. I mean, literally, this this Nitro is the same thing each week. Yep. Uh, Raven's contract, that's, that's the topic. Uh, Kim Thale from Soundgarden was in the crowd, or at least a dude that looked like him. Uh, Raven goes after Stevie Richards again, but Richards blocks a punch and says, you're not going to abuse me anymore. So there's intrigue there for somebody who hasn't even officially signed with the goddamn company. Next, we get a handicap match. It's some jobber, Lenny Lane and Scott DeMore versus the giant. I wasn't, I didn't even know he wrestled. Ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! I just Get, thought he was always a man. Yeah. Guess what happened? Giant one. Uh, Macho and Liz come on the ramp, and brother, 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 he's back. <laughs> Giant chases Macho to the back, and that's all they do with it. It was completely wasted. It was just a chance for him to come out and say brother. So. Next, we get a Luger video package, and then probably match of the night: High Voltage versus Pubic Enema. Uh, terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. I wish they made it a three-way match and had buff and stuff. And then, Mr. Professore, I would like you to add this to the list. Because even if it happened in the past, I still called it. We come back from break. The Nitro Girls are dancing. And guess who the fuck is joining them on a ramp? Alex Wright. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said it last week. I said they missed their opportunity. It would have worked perfectly. And here we are this weekend. That's exactly what they did. All right, fuck it. I'm calling Disco Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually going to get there, believe it or not. So uh, until we do, let's not think about it. Gene comes up to him and says, hey, don't quit your day job, pal. Starts speaking in German. Knock it off with the Wiener Schnitzel, pal. This is America. <laughs> Funny and racist at the same time. <laughs> He's got a match with Jericho at Road Wild. He calls Jericho a kitty cat. And at one point, Gene just starts cracking up. He's like, all right, Elvita son. <laughs> 
Oh, you gotta love Gene so much. Uh, if I knew how to spell that, that would be the name of our episode. I'll be the same. We get Alex Wright versus Scotty Riggs for the Cruiserweight title. Wright retains. Uh, hour two, the hour that chased the competition away. At least that's what they said anyway. Um, Gene's, <laughs> Gene's on the ramp with Luger. Luger cuts a typical Luger promo. What he went to say was he heard that Hogan was spewing his garbage earlier. What Luger said was, heard Hogan spewing his garbage earlier. I don't Yo, think you know what that word means. to go before <laughs> his mind so many times. Like the time he's like, what I'm here for Saturday, Superstar Saturday, Starcade Saturday. I don't even know what it is. I remember that. Yeah, that was fucking great. Oh, God. Spooing his garbage. That's what the name of the episode should be. <laughs> Fuck it. The name of this episode is Spooing Garbage and Masked Wrestlers. <laughs> Oh, God. Next, we get six versus Benoit. Uh, Jarrett interferes. It's a DQ. And, yeah, stuff happens. The best part of this match was it was just, you know, a scrum. It was uh, Malenko going after Benoit, I think, and Jarrett and Mongo going at it. And the ref's just standing there. It was that, that chubby ref. And he's just standing there. And he's literally, all he's doing, he's looking back and forth at the two people fighting. And he goes... It was like jazz hands. He's just shaking his arms around. <laughs> Go back, just watch that one part. He just literally, what the hell? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was awesome. Nitro Girls are on the screen. Tony makes a comment about, don't, don't really, sometimes you really don't need to say anything. It's just watch and enjoy. Keenan says, call 1-800-BRAIN. I don't, I don't get it. Is that a I, I don't. real number? Because I feel like we're missing a digit or two. <laughs> Probably just a couple. Uh, next we get Vincent versus Brooker T. This is as squashy as squashes get. Next we get Gene on the ramp with DDP. He says he's going to be facing Flair tonight. He does respect Flair as a wrestler. Yes, but you recently you've been courting Kurt Hennig, and I hate Kurt Hennig. You may have my respect, but I have your number. I thought that was a pretty good line. I like that. Yep. Don't call him best color man in the league for nothing, folks. Next, we get Barbarian versus <laughs> Wrath. Wrath gets thrown into the steps at one point, but he stumbled, and he just went headfirst into the steps. <laughs> it was pretty fucking great. It's actually a pretty awesome moment, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Wrath does get the win. Uh, was looking to beat down Barbarian after the match, but uh, Meng comes in and they just have a stare down. So, um, Again, perspective, I don't even fucking remember this. Gene's in the ring and he calls out the Steiner brothers and Ted DiBiase's with them. We talked about it recently, how he's been gone for a couple months. I wonder where he was. It's probably because they were just tired of listening to Scott and Rick do promos. <laughs> they probably wanted somebody else to do the promos. Um, 
DiBiase, you know, obviously, he's the one on the mic, and he talks about his dad dying in the ring in July of 65. Were you aware of that? No clue. Okay, so I did a quick Google, and I found out that it was actually his adopted dad, and he indeed had a heart attack in the ring when Ted was 15, and Harley Race came to the ring to perform CPR. Didn't work, obviously. I, I, I've never, ever heard of that yeah. until me neither. Now. Yeah. Uh, basically, the promo is they're going to win the tag titles, then the Outsiders come out. Nash calls DiBiase Pumpkinhead. I thought that was pretty fucking funny. Uh, they tell DiBiase he's a dead man because you obviously didn't understand what we meant when we said for life. And, uh, yeah, the Einsteiners only got DiBiase, so they had somebody to read them the menus while they were on the road. <laughs> Jesus. I thought that was a pretty fucking good one. You gotta love the outsiders, man. Come on. <laughs> Things that you're allowed to say in 97 versus 2022. <laughs> yeah. uh, next we get Psychosis versus Conan. La Rasa. Conan wins. <laughs> Stuff and La Rasa. <laughs> now, there was a cool moment. Ray, uh, Ray Mysterio comes out uh, hobbling on crutches while my dog barks. And uh, Conan does the same shit, kicks out one of the crutches. Uh, but Ray shows that he's been faking the injury tonight, and he uses the other crutch to attack Conan. His ankle's fine. So, um, nice. Yeah, uh, Silver King and Damien versus Glacier and Ernest Miller. Ernest Miller gets the pin. There's another one. Good job, Billy Blanks. <laughs> Spoon garbage with Billy Blanks. <laughs> Bischoff comes. Hey, let me know when you get a text that comes. To I saw side. the text. I saw. I didn't see it. <clears throat> uh, Bischoff comes to the ring. He says, "There's two people. Make that three that I have no love for." Uh, Zabisco and the Giant are two of them, and he goes, "I want to call JJ. I need to find a new diet, Dylan, to the ring." Basically, this whole thing is that he's uh, pissed off about what they did to him last week, and he said he's going to sue the Giant, so his great-grandkids will still be paying it off. But I'm not going to sue Zabisco. If he ever lays another finger on me again, I'm going to take this left foot and kick him right between his eyes. And Dylan starts laughing. He says, because Bischoff says, I want you to deliver that message. Dylan starts laughing. He's like, I don't need to deliver any messages. I'm sure he heard you loud and clear, and he just laughs and walks away. <laughs> You know, I love that they're building up Zabisco at this time. Like, he's way beyond his era. It's like Jerry Lawler coming out of retirement in, like, 97 or whatever when he's just commentator and getting into stuff. You know what I mean? But, like, at this time, this is pretty cool. I like it. Absolutely. Well, it gets even better. Uh, we head into hour three, and for hour three, we go to commentary, and that's where the Nitro Girls are. One's sitting on the table, a couple of them are dancing, one's next to Heenan. And the boys are grinning ear to ear. Tanae looks like a dork for being at the strip club for the first time. Shivani says, if my watch, my, if somebody tell my wife if she's watching, go to bed. Heenan says, I don't care who's watching. I'm going to dance. When the fuck did this turn into Caddyshack? <laughs> when the fuck did this turn into Caddyshack? <laughs> Yo, Tanae was trying to run through. Lucha Libre stats in his head so he can keep the uh, the tent down. 
Shivani seemed like the, the 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 weird guy at the script club because because they were like leaving. He's like, no, 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 don't go, don't go, stay here. And Heenan goes, do we get any kisses goodbye? <laughs> they were in their element. It was fucking hilarious. Shivani always looks like the awkward guy at the strip club. <laughs> uh, next, we get DDP versus Flair. Uh, Hennig comes out during Flair's entrance and shakes his hand. There was a guy in the front row. He, like, pulled his shirt over his head, you know, and had it behind. So, you know, the sleeves, you know what I'm talking about, right? And he's looking up at either DDP or Flair, one of them, and he's licking his finger and then rubbing his nipple. I don't know why. I don't know why. Peacock, you need to do a better job. he was going to be on camera. He wasn't looking at the camera. That was weird. I don't know, man. Maybe there was a cameraman down there he was looking at. I don't know. Either way, Hennig runs out, runs out about... You saw it, right? So how many other people you think saw that shit? Yeah. That's why he did yeah. that. Well, fair enough. Well, I guess you got your 15 seconds there. It's about two minutes before uh, Kurt Hennig interferes. Uh, DDP gets the figure four and Flair. Flair pokes the ref in the eye. Hennig comes to interfere. And it was weird because while he had Flair in the figure floor, figure four, <laughs> Flair in the figure four, that's a tough one, man. Don't knock it. He rolls up Hennig into a small package and held him there for like the three count and then let go and Hennig powdered. It was weird. Uh, yeah, Hennig comes in with the nuts. Yeah. DDP blocks it, takes him, gives him to the ref and takes both of them on. There you go. Uh, next, Villano 4 and 5 versus Lismark Jr. and Hector Garza. The villains win with a roll up. There's another one. <sighs> Talk about letdowns. Talk about a letdown of a segment, man. We got Mean Gene in the ring with JJ Dillon. They're here to talk about what's going on with Sting. WCW needs Sting. Wish we could see him face to face. I've got a contract here already signed. It's a contract for a match with a free agent. Sting repels. J.J. Dillon says the opponent is Kurt Hennig. Sting takes the contract, rips it up, and leaves. Okay. Dillon says he's going to figure out what he wants. No, I know what it is. No, that's why you're saying it's a letdown? When you understand what this goes to? Yeah, it's it's the bigger picture. Yeah, it's the bigger picture. No, I got it. But still. Anyway, well, we get our main event, Luger versus Hogan for the WCW world title. This match was not cookie cutter. Nobody came out with Hogan. He didn't powder at the beginning of the match at all. He just went right to it. Hogan maintains control through most of the match. At one point, Hall comes out. Uh, He gets knocked down by Luger. Uh, Nash comes in. He throws Hall into Nash. He's able to block the elbow from Macho. Gets Hogan in the rack and taps him out. Luger, a week or two before a pay-per-view where he's scheduled for a title match, he gets a title match right away and wins there. Yeah, it's like next week. Is Luger the king of failed celebrations? Oh, my God. No kidding, right? You winning off a 10-count? Uh, at SummerSlam 93, 
This one, to everybody know them, you're like, yeah, well, the pay-per-view is a couple days away, so you're probably going to lose that again. But either way, yeah, but the first guy to actually dethrone Hogan, and I'm like, did they do it because they didn't want him to have, like, an 18-month reign and they wanted to have it cut up into two? I never understood why Luger won this title. Because, it, it spoiler been because it was... fucking alert, Hogan's going to win it back. It's just weird to me that they even did this. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, everybody comes to the ring to celebrate. They show him backstage. Uh, Giant has a can of uh, paint thinner to get the NWO off of the title. Probably safe with no ventilation and all that champagne flying around, but different story. Uh, they, <laughs> they show Hogan freaking out backstage with the NWO. Macho and Hogan shove the cameraman out. And it sounds like it went off the air with Savage dropping an F-bomb. Yep. And even more so, it ended with some spooey garbage. Boo. Now, that being said, I want you to go ahead and open up what I sent you to you, sent to you right oh, yeah. now. And I want you to read and let our listeners know what was just sent to you. <clears throat> Probably some of my best work that was done on the fly within about fifteen seconds. That that was that while was while you were yeah that that was great work on the fly. Um, some things you can't unsee, bro. Go ahead. What is it? Spooey garbage and masked wrestlers, and it's Kid Rock making out with this trailer trash lady you mentioned, and then giving the fingers. Yep, trailer trash Tammy. And mass wrestlers. All right, let's go to the top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off The Professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Hey man, this show just writes itself sometimes. I don't know what to tell you. Alright, hey, this week, we're, we're kind of doing a little bit of a pivot off of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the face paint wrestlers. And, you know, we even dipped a little bit into the guys who do the body paint, like Finn Balor. But, 
This week we're talking about mask wrestlers, and I, I was trying to figure out how we could present this because, I mean, I could probably list 4,000 different Lucha Libre wrestlers, you know, I mean, C triple A. But again, it's the top of. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But this is the top of wrestling, and we're going to talk about the top of certain, I guess, uh, genres or elements when it comes to masks. First, we're going to talk about, let's talk about some monsters, right? I mean, everybody likes to talk about Lucha, but let's talk about the monsters with masks. Kane is one of the very first that will always come to mind, one of the longest standing masked wrestlers, well, before having to lose it to Triple H. Abyss from TNA, which loved his character. Just a real psycho looking like he belongs in an insane asylum. And it's funny because his mask resembled the next guy, Mankind. Which, that was a different kind of mask when he first came to, to WWE in 96. You know, just normally it was either your full face or not. Mm-hmm. That was kind of WWE's thing. But a guy who had just enough around his face was Vader, right? He had, he had like four straps across your face, and that was a mask. Pretty much, yeah. It's like a, it was like a dog body mask, you know? Like it was, it wasn't really fully a mask. But I did like when he would come out with the big giant uh, steam blow. Oh, that was fucking awesome! I loved it. That yeah, that as well. Love that badass. Uh, two of our favorites from the. WCW facing Glacier era. We got Wrath and Mortis, who we're talking about right now. Uh, a little lesser known one, but a big masked wrestler from the 60s to the 80s is the Destroyer. Let's not forget the Executioner. Oh, at WrestleMania 1 <laughs> made his way into... Even recently, as uh, what was it, Survivor Series '96 against yes. uh, Undertaker, Undertaker that we just recently yep. covered. Yep, where Paul Bearer was dangling a, who above was, the ring. Who was that? Was that Terry Gordy and or one something? One of our, f- I believe so. Hmm. I believe I. I, I, I got to double check on who that. We was. called it out when we talked about know, it. Kind of mixed it up remember. a bit. You know, but it's also kind of like Doink the Clown. Who didn't play him at some point? <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite monster masks of all time, for real, the face, the facial structure of what it was, the fiend, Bray Wyatt's oh, yeah. fiend, that mask was awesome. Just not well represented. Just not well done. Hey man, the HHH is back. I just want to say that. All right, let's kick it over to uh, Lucha and some international kind of mix and match a little bit here. I mean, when you say a Lucha Libre mask, a luchador wrestler, who's probably one of the first people that comes to mind, Rey Mysterio. Absolutely. More than anything off his longevity. But what I like, like thousands of different masks throughout the years, all different colors, different styles. He did even do the Joker mask at WrestleMania. I'm not going to lie. That was one of my favorite ones. Oh, hell yeah. WrestleMania 25. Did I ever bring up one of my favorite lines about what Jim Ross said about that? No. Have I brought that up on the show? They go, and as you can see, he is resembling Heath Ledger as the Joker. 
and Jim Ross, as mighty fucking fine as he could be, goes, well, at least Rey Mysterio's career is live and well. What? Ledger died like fucking months before that. Yeah, awesome. Awesome drop in, Jim Ross. Good job. But yeah, it's just one of the times that he's mixed it up a bit. Um, Mil Mascaras, as we all remember, one of the Hall of Famers at WWE. Jushin Thunder Liger. I never understood how he wrestled with his mask. And it's that big, the fucking horns and everything. Yeah, like, how, do, they, how do people deal with that shit the whole probably time? probably pretty fucking annoying, but man, they're pretty floppy, so they'll bend where they need to, right? Yeah, that's what she said. La Parca, uh, as we've seen recently, was even reused as DDP did that uh, little angle with Savage. But La Parca, we're going to see a lot more of him coming up soon with and the then, Monday Night Wars, including Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera. We'll get more of them. And the guy that's just passing around the TV title with William Regal as of recent. The, the OG belt collector, yeah. Ultimate Dragon, or Ultimo Dragon. We also have the great Sazuki. Right. And from this one, actually, I did I, a lot I'm of glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did this me. guy, yeah. Yeah, 100%. El Santo yeah. never realized who he was, did a lot of research. Um, from 42 to 82, this was your Mexican luchador masked wrestler. Yep. Give a research into give a little bit of time and research into him. Comic books, movies. Yeah. Yeah. Fair just very National awesome person hero. to read about. Yeah. Um the next one I have here is Tiger Mask one through four. That's just because in New Japan they've kind of changed it, you know, one, two, three, four as the time's gone on and Jericho and who's replacing it. Jericho and Eddie. So it's not your Yep, yeah, and you know who else did it at one point was Ricochet. Yeah. Yep. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. Kota Ibushi was Tiger Mask 4. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is a great mask, though. Um. Oh, yeah. Black Tiger, Pegasus Kid, who, as we know, is Chris Benoit. And, hey, you got to add him. Sin Cara and Kalisto from WWE. And most recently, within AEW, Fuego Del Sol. Why is he on the list? I'm erasing it. I don't want it on the list. Okay. So I'm erasing it. He's, there, he it's, has a it's mask. deleted. It's deleted. Well, this is the top of. He ain't the top of anything. All right, so I'm. I'm you're right. Hang on. Let me let me go in reverse. That sort of the Okay. <laughs> Boom. All right, and then the next column. Look, man. I could have made random lists for each one of these, and you'd be like, "Why is this a list?" So I just put them in a miscellaneous list. Because Repo Man would have been the only person on the burglar <laughs> list. Right? Oh, no, I'm all for the Leather Repo Man. Leatherface would love... have been the only one that goes after the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie franchise. All right, both of those were real. I should have done those now as I realize that. Repo Man, that's right. Remember him. That is Barry Darso. Barry Darso. Who was not giving it up after demolition. He said, just put a fucking sock with holes across my eyes. I got this shit under control, <laughs> man. Give me a bag. <laughs> Leatherface, more known for your indie wrestling, your hardcore wrestling, but also uh, Japanese-style hardcore wrestling as well. Some matches with him and Mick Foley and Sabu, if you look up in throughout the time. El Generico. Let that one resonate with you. The best fucking 
name possible. He doesn't fit under Luchador because it's a white guy from Canada playing a Mexican wrestler. I'll be El Generico. Great name. I don't know why, but I just love that. That's good stuff. Remember Suicide from TNA Impact? Yeah, he was... You know uh, that character got started? Video game. It was game. the character in their fucking video game. Yep. And then they were like, you know what? <laughs> what if we just put someone under this mask? And that's what Christopher Daniels did for a better part of a year. After losing in the Feaster Fired match, that dude put on a performance and cried his ass off. You thought, wow, did he really just lose his job? And you don't see him on TV anymore. You're like... Ain't that some shit? No one realized it was him under the suicide mask. Well played, Impact. Well played. Uh, we got Max Moon for a quick little cup of coffee in WWF in like the 95 era. The man we're talking about right now. The Patriot. Del Wilkes. I almost called him Del Wilkes Booth, and that would not have been the right name. No. Los Conquistadors. Played multiple times. Even once by Edging Christian. I love the whole concept of it because who is it? Who's who's the legal man? Right. Very smart. Again, I didn't know where to put certain people, right? You got big superheroes well, like Yeah, I think you're good for right the now. The Hurricane. Yeah, the Hurricane fucking definitely belongs on there. And the Blue Blazer. Uh, I I looked, I panicked. I panicked for a second cuz I looked at the list. I'm like, "Where the fuck is the Blue Blazer?" <laughs> and I saw it. I'm like, "Okay." Truth be told, Blazer was the very first masked slash superhero-ish guy that I'd ever seen in wrestling. Because that's when I grew yeah. up, man. The 89 era and seeing him, you know. that. So I, I loved Blazer. It, it was funny to find out years and years later that it was Owen Hart. As I was watching and cheering mm-hmm. for Owen Hart and people were like, yeah, he used to be Blue Blazer. Get the fuck out of here. Um, Curry Man. Basically just a red and yellow... Head to toe jumpsuit, and the guy just did a funny dance. But that was in TNA Impact. Shark Boy, now that was one of my favorite creations in TNA (laughs) because he had shark wisers. He he talked and walked just like Stone Cold Steve Austin had the vest. Did everything, but he was Shark Boy. And why? Oh, hell yeah, Shark Boy said so. Fuck it, I don't care. It was a funny gimmick. I'm going to see if you know who Golga is. I don't. Well, the people just love them oddities. Well, we all love those oddities. Oh, yeah. When you don't know what to do when you re-sign Earthquake, a.k.a. slash John Tenta, (laughs) fucking put a mask on him, put him in a Cartman shirt, and say, boom, you're Golga. That's your name. Go. Go out there with Kurgan, Luna Vachon, and that the ICP. Terrible. You know what's really funny? I wish everything I just said right there was a made-up line. <laughs> and then to move on, your favorite, my favorite, the Yatai Yeti. Or, yeah, maybe it doesn't make the, the list. But if we're going to talk about the most masked wrestler recently, your favorite dinosaur, my favorite dinosaur, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum's favorite dinosaur, <laughs> Luchasaurus, a.k.a. Dino Douche, or Dino Douche, or whatever. Man, can he just fucking turn again this week? Yeah, I know, right? I want him to start rivaling uh. big shows 
nice and early in his career. Yeah, they got to figure some shit out. Did I miss anybody? I think it's pretty good. You know, as soon as we're done, we're going to say, oh, we missed this person. No, I, Obvious one. Well, I mean, the fact that you already erased, I forgot who was after Kalisto there. It used to be. Oh, Fuego? Something. A guy with three names began with. An, yeah, I know. It's being <laughs> sarcastic. All right. Hey, if we missed any, you let us know. Leave it in the comments, as always. But by the way, if he's not in the fucking picture, it doesn't mean he didn't make the list, <laughs> you stupid marks. Thanks for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. Hey, guess what? Two episodes left. That's right. Only two left to season four, baby. And why are we taking the break? Because A, not a whole lot going on in the Monday Night Wars. Not a whole lot going on in time for us. Yeah, we're going to miss the time and recording for All Out. But this year, you won't hear our drunken antics. <laughs> my drunken antics. Let me find that again. Let me back up. Hey, it was a good time. I'm not saying we're not going to hang out. I'm just saying we're not going to put it, you know. Yeah. Mike to it'll be nice to just enjoy to podcast. it podcast well not ink to paper Mike to podcast it'll be nice to just enjoy the event and not have to take notes and just enjoy it fair enough but two episodes left next week our movie of the week I'm already getting it I'm going to tell you right now what the movie of the week is ODM are you ready for next week we do you know what it is no the biggest movie debate that you and I could have. Originals versus remakes. Very looking forward to next week's movie of the week. And then, two weeks from today, not only the top of wrestling season four season finale, it is the rise and fall of WWE. So basically... Anything before 2022 and then 22. All right. Next week, we'll be back. Top of wrestling. I'm the professor bidding you a farewell. ODM, he's got four words for you to suck on. Shit is too easy. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, The Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. One last thing before we get started. Fuck. The fact that we both screenshotted the same exact thing and we're ready to send it to each other.
Tiger's uh, post about. Oh my god! Yeah, like, like, wow, way to fucking come out of left field and just be like, oh, you know, I'm used to people saying that about like coke and shit. Like that's a little more understandable, yeah. but like weed, like what the fuck is wrong with you? The only person who's ever said there's a couple people I know who have said like it's real bad for you. I don't understand people who do it are people who a have never done it mm-hmm. and b generally aren't the smartest fucking tool in the shed. Not just for the leisure of it, medicinal purposes, of course, sure. trump all reasons as to why, you know, whatever. For that one to say, you lose, I lost family and friends and blah, 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 you were doing it wrong. <laughs> it takes a glass pipe and a little bit of vodka, man, and a lighter. I don't know what the fuck you were doing with your life. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I watched it. His head was way below his legs. She probably got into Tony's Adderall again. <laughs> you know when he hugged her at Double or Nothing, he's like, reach in my pocket. There's a whole bo- a whole bottle of it. He just hugged her because she still had a little bit left on her shoulder. That was Owen's ashes. All right, I'm going to go. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck? <laughs>